0: love seeing our people come together and you know this this booming industry and in a way that never truly happens and there are no fights breaking out there's no dumb shit going on it's just beauty and money and thriving and excellence it's amazing and above all i love seeing all these white slaves you know you know, you know this is a year is weird. Weird. i was talking to my friend yesterday about it and it felt like i had left. How much did it cost? It's a great question. Um, and maybe this is even a a good question for people that want to do this. You know, you ever um, I mean, I, 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 and I don't know. Maybe like real estate would be one of those types of things. But anyone ever ask you like, how do you, how do you do that? How do you start? How do you start that thing? And you're like, that's a good question. I guess I've been doing it for a while now. I have to like sort of think back to figure out how you would start doing something. Yeah. Um, I started on my phone. My friend and I just, I guess there's this like funny kind of meme uh, about people that start podcasts, and it always starts with like, hey, bro, we should start a podcast. Yeah, right? yeah. <laughs> um, and that's exactly how this one started is like my friend said that, he would wanted to record it because we would always have fun conversations I've had that
1: same conversation with them I think friends.
0: everyone hope well maybe not everyone but I feel like a lot of people that have friends that they talk to are just like man these are so much fun I
1: wish we recorded these wouldn't
0: it be cool if other people could get in on this yeah so like that's sort of the idea
1: yeah
0: where I came from wasn't so much that I didn't think that people would be interested in the conversations I was having. I thought more so. I'd love an outlet to be able to speak about things that I didn't feel like I had an outlet. Right. That makes sense. Yeah. Um, So once I got past the extremely infant stage of just like talking to him on a phone with like my, you know, earphones in because that's the way we were doing things, it was. Absolutely terrible. I would like,
1: love to see one of those old ones. Oh,
0: oh yeah. I don't even think well, we clearly weren't recording like video back oh, then, but we have okay. the audio. So if you go back to episode one, <laughs> two, three, like you'll yeah, see. Yeah. And there's a host of episodes that we never even released that were so bad. I was like, there's <laughs> no way. So there's probably seven episodes that are recorded and they're just in the ether, just in my hard drive somewhere that right. like the, the world will never. They'll never see. They'll never (laughs) hear. So once I decided to upgrade from that, it was it was it was 2020, and those COVID checks started coming in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Because I was furloughed, so I was getting the unemployment. And and then that huge, like, the stimulus check started coming in. And, you know, that's when people just started buying a bunch of wild shit. Right.
1: Um,
0: So what I decided to start buying, I was pretty responsible.
1: Okay.
0: I, I, like, I paid some car payments off. Good. Some credit card payments. You know what I mean? Like, I was pretty responsible. I did sign up for some, uh, like, sign language classes that I did not keep up with. So that was kind of... What did you learn? Well, now... I know my ABCs.
1: Okay, me too. Because
0: I didn't know them before. Okay, and that's all I've retained. Okay, same. <laughs> Everything else I completely forgot. Um, MacBook Air. This was probably roughly f- maybe fifteen hundred at the time. Okay. This mixer that you need for these microphones in order for the waveform to turn into one thing to be shot into this uh this computer. Maybe a couple hundred bucks. Nothing too crazy. Okay. I have five of these microphones just in case I want to have up to five people oh, recording nice. at once, which I have done before. Okay. Um, th- these with the stands and all the setup is like maybe like 70, 80 bucks each. Okay. Um, what else we have going on here? Uh, the ring light was a gift from my little sister. Shout out Aww. to her for Christmas last year. The phone that I'm recording this on was a gift from my friend. He just gave me that. Really? Yeah, my phone broke my last phone because I never upgrade phones. Um, That's I, fair. I, I just I, the last phone I had was like the six S. Nice. Yeah.
1: I yeah I've pretty much broken every phone that I've had. It still
0: had a button on it. That'll should let you know. That's how That's awesome. How old yeah, one of my
1: friends just got rid of her button phone too because I would always get on it and I would like. Tried to swipe up and it just wasn't working. And I feel like, what's going on? I always forgot that she had a button. (laughs) So dumb. I knew.
0: (laughs) I knew that it was getting old for me when. Like people, I legitimately, and I felt like this was over the top, but I would pull my phone out and people would be like, what's that? I'd be like, no, 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 <laughs> come on now, stop, like, it. That's a, that's a stop it, stop that's it, not... stop it, you can't even yeah. identify this as a phone, stop it. They're just like, why is there a button on it? I'm like, seriously? We're that Do you not far? remember
1: it like five years ago? Anyway. Not even? Yeah, like yeah. they
0: thought it was like it was old iPods or something, I'm like what is that?
1: I still have my old iPod. I don't use it, but I still the one have it that you
0: and I moved love... in a circular motion to like wait, what, what kind of old iPod?
1: Oh no, no, no. I was like, how Not old? that one. Like my first iPod Touch, but I like mm. dropped it in a field and it got run over by a bunch of like horses and stuff. I found it like months <laughs> later and so it's like really broken, but I love it. It's, it's like a good memory. Because you're out
0: there looking at the grass. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you're I am. out there enjoying the rural area. I am. Um I feel like for for context sake I want to start this off. One, thank you, Jesse, for being here. Like, that's this is super awesome of you to do this. I'm very excited about this. Um, Some people ask definitely, my little sister, Earl, how do you and where do you get some of these people from?
1: (laughs) Yeah, I was definitely a random one. And so
0: I think it, it, it's good that we tell people for context. Usually it just comes out in the midst of conversation, like what right. my relationship with that person is. Right. Uh, I went out to a bar with 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 Marie and I saw my old friend Zora on there. Shout out to him. And uh, and then he said that there was just this amazing person that we needed that we needed to meet. And then here you come over and you were our server. Yeah. And by the we didn't talk terribly too much.
1: We talked for a good like five to ten minutes, like when I first met you and then after that. Right.
0: But I had gotten a sense from you that you were a very pleasant human. (laughs) Thank you. And I love pleasant humans. So I was like, I would love to speak to this pleasant human for a longer period of time. Right. Good thing I have a podcast. Let's see if she'll be open to it. And I've been trying to be a lot more uh, courageous and just asking all of the people that I want to come on here, regardless of the peculiarity of the relationship shared. Right, right. And lo and behold, what, three, four weeks later? I don't know how long ago that it's was. It's been a while. It's you been... wrote it
1: on my receipt, too. You yes, were like, hey, come on my podcast at Earl's World. <laughs> 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 Here's my phone number. <laughs> and then I was like, Zoran, can you tell me a bit about the podcast that you're friend-
0: <laughs> I did. I did. Tell, I was like, hey, man, listen. So this is what I did. Uh, I wrote this down <laughs> on the check. Like, you don't have to pump it up or anything, but just, like, let her know right. that think- I'm not a serial killer. <laughs> yeah. In that she'll be fine. At right. least that.
1: No, it helped that you knew him. Yeah. Cuz I think I still have the picture of the receipt cuz I was like, "Oh, I need to remember to look this up." Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Thank so that's you. pretty much it. Yeah, <laughs> Um
0: so that's context. Yeah. Tell me about your looking at grass love. Tell me, let's let's start here.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> Tell me about your so, your
0: love for the rural, uh, rural area. area.
1: So I actually grew up working on different farms. So since I was twelve years old, I've had a job, and I've been just like doing kind of like manual labor on farms or whatever. And like I started out at this like little lesson barn. I was a horse girl back in middle school. Um, You've been and then working, I'm just working ever since. So,
0: okay, this um, is making a lot more sense with all this information I've been learning about you. You've been on the go. Yeah, for a long long time. time. Yeah. You were, f- you like, I want to say I was forced?
1: maybe 14, no, maybe even 13, when I got my first, second job. So, I've had two <laughs> jobs ever since. I've never had just one job my since I was 12 years jobs. old.
0: <laughs> so, okay, so your first job was to do what with the horses?
1: My first one, since it was, like, um, I guess it was, like, a place that I was trying to ride at, too, back then. Um, wow. I... They had probably 40 horses and I had to bring them in and feed them. And like I had to take care of the chickens. I can't even remember what else Um, I had to like, you know, muck the stalls, like maintain the like fields and yeah. stuff. I'd have to drive a little not tractor. It was like this one little Kubota thing that would like kind of spread the manure around. Oh, yeah. I had to do all that. Wow. I would have to help like kids get ready for their lessons and stuff like that. I at actually 12? really liked it. Yeah, I worked a lot more than I actually rode. And then I fell out of riding altogether. But um,
0: so at 12, you're helping kids that are what age? younger that is
1: so well sometimes old. older actually that is sometimes so older. fun
0: yeah that's what i'm saying like if i was 15
1: <laughs> and i was never big <laughs> I, mean, I just had a lot of energy <laughs> so i'm like, like, oh, like oh
0: yeah this is gonna be your instructor <laughs> I'm like what
1: see i didn't She's teach 12. i only taught like two lessons in my life but yeah. i would get them ready and send them out to their yeah okay. you know to the ring with yeah, cause some little kids like couldn't get ready at all, so I would do the whole thing for them. I'd be like, "Oh, this is how you brush a horse." Yeah, it was really dorky. Yeah. Um, I'm not proud of my horse girl days, but like Why? I got. <laughs> Why? Why? <laughs> like horse girls have a bad rep. I- do they?
0: I didn't know anything about this. Shut up. I really don't. And I've been around horses, not like, hold on a second. Let's not get carried away. (laughs) I rode horses at a very, very young age. I used to go to a place called Camp Bernie in New Jersey. It was like a stay away camp. So my brother and I would go there two weeks out of the summer. Very expensive. We learned how to do archery there. Clearly just socialize. Mm -hmm. Uh, I learned how to swim really well there uh again rode horses there's a lot of fun stuff there right so i did that then and then i didn't like ride a horse ever since so i just want to say that now like since i was a very very young child but i've been (laughs) like i'm not a
1: weirdo yeah
0: but i've been around plenty of young ladies that have rode and i'm trying to figure out why the bad rap like plenty
1: of them are fine but i think there's a big reputation of like i don't know just kind of I've got, I've got some stories. They're just people can be just odd there and kind of a little bit territorial. Like when I worked at that one lesson mm. barn, they, I mean, all the horses belonged to the owner but people would get mad if other people rode certain horses, like these kids, these students. I and mean, you'd be like, why? Why does it matter? I remember the one that I liked. I used to do this thing called mounted games, which was like relay races, which was so Mount, opposite. You said
0: mounted games? Okay.
1: Yeah, it was very opposite from what everybody else did. So I got this one small horse because you had to be able to get off, get on, like while they were running and stuff. And oh, like, it was, it was so much fun. I really Whoa. enjoyed it. It's crazy. But yeah, so I taught this one horse. I made shift all my equipment, like with you know ice cream cans and old socks and like whatever i made all this equipment and um i would teach him just like to go as fast as you can i never cared if he like reared or bucked or anything and so nobody liked that horse so every time anybody wrote him i was like oh my god thank you like you like my horses what are you
0: making out of uh, you said ice cream cans
1: and <laughs> yes. socks so there's okay so i guess for those two specific games um you had to have like bending poles you know like western riding okay um so I got, I don't, I have no idea where I got these poles. Um, but then I got this, like, you know, the big vanilla ice cream cans that are, like, this big. Like, I, I don't know. Sometimes there'd be, like, the chocolate one, but it would be, like, this big as okay. a kid. Um, I, like, poured cement in it and, like, put the pole in so that I'd have these little bending poles to go around. Um, the socks, wow. there was, like, this one game where you had to, like, run up, get off your horse, and, like, have them whipping around you while you pick up a sock. And, like, you had to run and, like, while the horse is running, you get back on him. And then try to get your balance before he gets to the certain bucket, put the sock in there and then like pass off something to the next person. The next person runs and does the exact same thing. So wow. there was all those little, like I could kind of makeshift a lot of it. Was, I had to have flags. So I had like these little wooden sticks and those little like fourth of July, um, you know, those little like things that you what, hang up with the little triangles like and it would just be like yeah. the little triangles and it'd be like, Blue and then like yeah, red call or whatever. Streamers
0: and I would just like or, fold know.
1: those together. I just made shifts all my stuff. But anyway, my point is I wow. was like always so excited when someone wanted to ride that horse because everybody hated him because he was like, he would go really fast, he would buck, whatever. Nobody liked him. Mm. He was also tiny, so like not everybody could ride Do him. Do
0: you think that territorial nature came from like a very profound relationship they felt like they built with the horse? So then it was sort of like, like, they were, like, cheating yes. on them?
1: Yes. Just that, like, you can't ride
0: my horse. Like this, Yes, that
1: horse likes me. Wow. Yeah, a lot of people would be like that. A lot of people would, would claim that I, I this kinda, person riding this yeah. horse is messing that horse up. And you're like, uh, it's a lesson horse. It walks and trots. It's not a big deal. Uh, they also, they're just a little wacky, you know, like the kinds of people who talk for their horse. And they're like... You know, oh, when they pretend the horse is talking, they right, there's like horse
0: whisperer,
1: and some of them are a little too privileged, and like mm, it just depends. Oh, on the you're person. right. I guess you're right. I guess it just depends. I guess
0: the horse riding community, you do have to be privileged to some degree to even be a part of the community because Correct. it is a very expensive, Correct.
1: right? I um, worked for all of. Well, I started out being able to ride, but then um, I worked for all my lessons. By the time I was twelve, and so I paid for everything. By the time I was twelve.
0: Just who are you what (laughs) in the world are you talking you are saying some wild things (laughs) this is not a regular life wow this is i mean i guess it's a life you've been accustomed to and you've seen yeah yeah, wow
1: i guess i also i don't know i just kind of learned from a young age that you got to work for what you want like my parents would always be like oh you want an ipod like do chores, you know, five dollars for doing your laundry, five dollars mm. for this, and they would and I would be like hustling around the house doing all the chores I possibly could because I wanted an iPod and it cost a hundred bucks. And
0: you knew exactly what you had to do to get it.
1: Exactly. So I've always just kind of had that like hustler mindset.
0: Oh. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> they did a they did a good job. Like trying to teach you the teaching you the value of of a dollar. Right. Like teaching you the value of money, that it's not just something you can just have. Like you can't right. just have this. Like you have to work for it. You have to put right. some work in. Right. Well done.
1: Thank you.
0: Yeah, and your dad seems like a super awesome dude. I mean, with like the 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 things that he's built. The what were you would you say it was called again? Like. Well, within the the, the
1: flipping the houses. You mean? No, no. You are talking about?
0: Oh, I didn't know that he was a part of that either. He we, <laughs> No, uh, the the leadership and youth program that he put together.
1: That's definitely a big pride point for him, which it should be, because it teaches kids. I guess for context on here is that he started the youth coaching program for the local basketball league. So, yeah, um, a lot of kids have gotten a lot out of it.
0: Um, I'm certain of it.
1: It's very I mean, all the kids become more responsible and, you know, the little kids always look up to them. So there's a lot and there's a lot of communication that goes on. Like it's a huge leadership role, but it's something they needed to fill like not a lot of parents will coach which is crazy because your third and fourth grade kid like I could coach any third or fourth grader in any sport just by watching a YouTube video but like a lot of parents just like wouldn't do it so they were like in need of coaches my brother did it and yeah so that's definitely really cool of him he's very much a entrepreneur type
0: yeah that's very his
1: name's Earl I don't know if you knew that (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I told you that Pretty cool guy. Pretty cool name.
0: (laughs) I haven't seen him, but I think most of the time when the name Earl comes up, people think of uh, (laughs) like an older white dude. Oh, okay. (laughs) Um, He's the only Earl I've ever met. So if my name ever comes up prior to me getting somewhere, like someone's like, hey, my friend Earl, he's going to come too. Like he's going to be here soon. Or yeah. or like I'm going into a new job and they're like, oh, yeah, I hired this new guy. His name is Earl. He'll, he'll be coming in on Friday. And everyone's like, er, like okay. Yeah. Like, it's just, they're probably thinking like someone that resembles your father. <laughs> and then I show up. And they're like, oh, oh. Earl. <laughs> Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I love catching no, people so off guard. Have
1: you seen My Name Is Earl? The TV show.
0: Exactly. See, I that's love that show. that's what I'm talking about. Like that kind of just well, Red just neck. an older white dude. Yeah, yeah, pretty much.
1: Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good show. My friend's dad was like roommates with the creator. What was his name? I don't know. I would know it if I heard it. But
0: well, yeah, a, a, like a manager of mine, well, ex-manager, he just got fired. Uh, yeah told me that I need to go back and watch that show because I was never, I never watched it. But he said it was a phenomenal show. It's so goofy. On just like karma mm-hmm. and, you know, making strides to being a better human being and all that sort of stuff. Yeah. But it was clearly very goofy and very funny. But you had all these things. It's sort of, that idea reminds me of The Good Place. Have you ever heard or I've seen that show? I've heard of, of it, show? but I've not seen it. Starring Kristen Bell, who who I love. Okay. Uh, Kristen Bell is an amazing actress. But it... It's it's a show about the good place being what we would call heaven. Right. Um, and then so clearly there's a bad place as well. Okay. And so you have these people like showing up in the good place and uh just kind of starting to question exactly what the good place is and who really deserves to be here and who doesn't. And it kind it's just cool. it's a very, very interesting show speaking on morality and right. just the the, the slippery slopes of of judging other people's morality versus yours. It's like very fascinating show. I love that show.
1: Right. Interesting. I'll, I'll try to watch it. I'm pretty bad with TV shows and movies. I've got like a 200 movie list.
0: You definitely <laughs> don't have to. It's totally fine. It seems like you have enough going on as it is.
1: I, I would love to sit down and watch TV, though. I started um, Hell House, LLC. Have you seen that movie? It's no. like a horror movie that um, Jason, he's one of the cooks at tarbenders um he recommended it to me and i started it two weeks ago and i still haven't finished it i just Mm. don't sit down to watch tv ever
0: you you said through text message that you wanted to i sent you i do this all the time i sent you like a picture like a a child picture of myself and said this is the person that i aspire to be this person this guy inspires me i look up to him i remember him well I remember how right. how people felt about him. I I understand, like, the love and the passion and the freedom that child had and right. all this sort of stuff. And then you said that there was a high school version of you that you really— What is right. it about this high school version of you that you I, look up to?
1: I think I had Because that's not too
0: far away from where you are. How old are you, it, you know? Uh, 22. Yeah, it's not too far so away. So it's not
1: too far away, right. But in high school, I don't think I'd ever, like— experienced too much hardship. Like, i would experienced a little bit, for sure. Like, you know, just, like, normal stuff. You know, grandparents passing away. Like, kind of normal hardship stuff. You were close um, to them? Kind of. I mean, they were over a lot, yeah. Mm. I was close to – I would say I was really close to one of my grandmas. And I think I would have been really, really close to one of my grandpas had he not passed away when I was, like, too young to be friends. Uh, yeah. You know, whatever. But, yeah, so I think I just, like – I was blissfully happy all the time. Like, I think if there was any (laughs) scale of, like, happiest person, I genuinely think in the entire world, I would be up in, like, the top 3%. That's so I was just always, like, giddy happy. I would get in my car in the morning, and I'd be like, God, I love driving cars. And I would, like, put on my stupid bug, I would call them my bug glasses, because they were just huge, and they had, like, mirrors on the, I was like, put on my bugs. like, God, I look like an idiot, like, this is so fun. I, like, I ran, so obviously, you know the reputation of dorky little runner kids you know I was I had so much energy I was a captain by the time I was a sophomore cross country winter track and spring track yeah I did it all (laughs) I loved running oh my gosh I went on a run with someone yesterday and we walked 75% of it it was crazy yeah I loved running my coach would actually get mad at me for running too far sometimes Wow. Because my friend and I, Nikki, we were like, we love distance day. And he would see us as we're coming back, like going out to where varsity guys went. He's like, guys, you got to turn around. We're like, we're just going to go to the next mile mark. Coach, I promise we'll be right back. <laughs> wow. I like once pretty much got kicked off the team for going too far. Wow. Yeah, it was bad. I, I was just like a That's dirty little runner. fascinating. Run I loved running. I loved like, you know, I was still working at the farms and stuff. So I was like talking to people all day, every day. I was coaching basketball. I was, you know, working up to five jobs at a time. And doing where did where was the time in the day? I cannot fathom because I came back for um, a gap semester, my sophomore year of college, and I was working as a teacher that time for like a long term sub, and um and then I was like, you know what? I'm gonna get one more job. I couldn't even handle two at that point. I was like, how did I used to do five? I have no idea. It was crazy. To be fair though, like some most of them were like weekend jobs. Some of them I did before school. Like I worked at a farm before school a couple days a week in. My senior year of high school. So I don't, I don't know how I found what t- the time. I just what had the time energy the were
0: you getting up to do it before school? School starts at what time?
1: School started kind of late. It was like nine.
0: Oh, probably because you were senior. You could have like a later end time. No,
1: it just started at nine.
0: It just started at nine for
1: everyone? Correct. It was like elementary oh. school went first, then middle, then high. And then like we were there at nine. And I didn't really like it because it kind of took away our afternoons. That's fascinating. So I worked at a farm. I'd probably get up at like five. Um, get there around 530, work for like, it wasn't, this one was a lot smaller of a farm. So it took me like an hour and a half to do the chores. And then I would pretty much go straight to school because I was, I didn't have a study hall. I was working or I was taking AP classes. So I'd go in and, you know, go to Mr. Mainz's room or Miss Royce's room or whatever. And I would just study before school started. It was crazy. Wow. I don't know how I had, like, so much ambition, too. Because right now, I'm like, if I went back to school, I even in college, yeah. I just, I didn't care about my grades. Yeah. And I'm like, I cared about my grades. On top of that, I was working multiple jobs. Mm. On top of that, I was coaching. And, like, somehow I still had a social life. I have no idea how I did it.
0: That is, f- so you probably like, had a social life because you were, so like, into so many things. I'm assuming, yeah, like. the I have a lot of hobbies. <laughs> yeah, like, the society was built upon all the different things that you were doing. Right. That's
1: yeah, so I was that all over the place. Wow! And I just I had the energy, and I was excited about all of it. I would do glow in the dark frisbee games with my friends. Like I wasn't. Oh, that's f- I wasn't I like a partier in high school. I was like, look at this glow in the dark frisbee I found on Amazon, guys. Let's get a whole group. And I would get a whole. I don't. I don't know how. None of them knew each other either. It was just mm-hmm. random group of people that would come to a park late at night, we play glow in the dark frisbee. We weren't doing drugs. We weren't drinking. We how were did, just playing glow in the dark frisbee. How
0: did you get? to, Was this like a message board? How did you get in touch with these
1: random people? Well, they like, were people I knew. Oh, but it'd they be like Someone I met other. running at Rockridge and yeah. somebody that I knew from my class who was two years older than me. And then this person was from this school or this person was my friend's prom date two years ago. Like right. all these random people.
0: That's beautiful.
1: It was so much fun. And I just like aspire to be that like blissfully happy. I had so much going on, but I had no cares in the world to like... Slow down. Mm, so and right do you now, think I'm that
0: like, this is just a, a, a matter of getting older and having re- more responsibility? or No, because you've always had responsibility. So I'm, well, what do you think is void now that you had then?
1: I don't know. I feel like I just always feel like it's not enough, maybe. Mm. I don't know. I wouldn't say like I'm like sad. I know that sounds depressing to say, but I'm not depressed or anything. It's just I feel like in high school, everything was perfect. I was doing I was taking stupid electives too, like drama or like tech ed. I was just like, I was doing all this fun stuff and I didn't really, I don't know. I didn't care as much about anything that I was doing individually maybe. Mm. And now it's like. Maybe part of it is because everything's a little forced now with my job, my yeah. co or my team lead. He's great. I really like him. But he's also like, so, you know, starting up in real estate, you're going to need to get a side hustle. But you're also going to need to like volunteer and get involved with the community. And you're also going to need to get five coffees a week with people. And you're mm-hmm. also going to need to keep in touch with your friends. And you're also going to need to like be able to pick up the phone whenever a client calls you mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And it's like all of that individually I like, and I would probably end up doing anyway. But now that it's a chore, it's almost exhausting. It's a It's like a to-do list that I have to check off and it's not as rewarding as, oh, I want to go do this. And a lot of it I still do just want to do, but I don't know. Some part of me, I just was blissfully happy. And like if something went wrong in high school, I was just like, oh, whatever, you know, it wasn't yeah. that bad. Or I had so much faith in people. I had never been burned by anyone, you know. Oh, and so yeah. it's like anybody who talked to me was my friend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was one of those little like, We're oh, my God, now. you want to come to go glow in the dark frisbee? <laughs> All the time. So, oh, yeah. And now it's like I'm weary of people. And yeah, like. I get it. As I'm, I should be. I, I mean, mean, that's a bit a of
0: wisdom. Day. Yeah. Right. You can't just hang out. You can't just get in in anyone's van. You know what I mean?
1: I I wouldn't say I was that bad in night school, but yeah. Dude,
0: I heard this story the other day that someone was, I mean, there's all sorts of stories, but someone was at a playground with their child, and there are a ton of children running around the playground. So you assume that any adult there has a child running around the playground. Right. There's so many people, so many parents just sitting down on the bench, just like looking at their phone, just scrolling through TikTok, you know what I mean? Trying to see the next fart joke or whatever the fuck else (laughs) their algorithms churn out. Right. And they look up and they see a man escorting their child into a van. And like they have to go and stop that from happening.
1: Oh my God. That's terrifying.
0: You're at a playground like there are a million people around.
1: Right. And you're on your phone scrolling.
0: So you you think that it like this just takes place in dark alleys somewhere. It's like, no, it's it's noon. The sun is highest in the sky. Right. Everyone is outside. We're all here. Right. And somebody's walking off with my child right now because
1: that's so terrifying. Because,
0: yeah, because they're just like predators looking around. Like, look at all these parents just on their phone right now. I'm definitely taking one of these watch kids. Watch this. Yeah, watch yeah. this.
1: It's <laughs> probably like, oh, these idiots, check this out. Yeah, like, <laughs>
0: <laughs> check this out. This is wild. But yeah.
1: Snags a kid off the side. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, craziness. Yeah, that's insane. Yeah.
0: So, yeah, I understand terrifying. being weary of people like that's that's right, like that has to right, th- which that is has to come
1: totally a good thing. It's just you know, back in high school, I was like,
0: you, you just know, want to build your intuition to like hopefully be able to pick up energy as we like to call it these days, you know what I mean? the <laughs> yeah. vibes yeah, like yeah, you want you want be able to look around and be like, mm, I'm not so sure about it. something about the way your face looks, something yeah. about the way you're just navigating the space." I'm gonna not. Right. Right. So, Which yeah,
1: yeah. I'm better at that now. I'm almost like too good at that now though. That's maybe why.
0: There are plenty I of, like
1: wish I was my high school self again. The, no, you
0: don't. Not in that, <laughs> not in that regard. there are, right, right, there, not are, that, there are plenty yeah. of good people out here. You can meet them. Right, right, right. There are plenty of good people. You don't have to right. just like throw your hat in every ring. You oh, yeah, you, yeah. Don't, you don't wanna do that. I wanna get it. People are it gets it gets dicey out there.
1: Right. Yeah, I think the yeah. difference like in a way, was that I like I liked people until they gave me a reason not to, and now it's almost like I like am weary of them until they give me a reason not to be. You yeah. know, like it's just opposite of that, which is totally fine. Yeah. It's not a bad thing. It's yeah. just like I was so happy and just like completely naive yeah. in high school, yeah. completely naive. Yeah. Um, but I had lots of friends, and like I mean, I, I say I'd say I still do, but yeah, I probably not say that's... you
0: do. Yeah. We're, we're about to be friends, you know that, right?
1: Oh, totally. Yeah, totally.
0: So you just made one now
1: <laughs> 4 weeks ago
0: you're so yeah so 4 weeks ago you're so you're so good at this
1: thank you <laughs>
0: yeah like you know <clears throat> i was telling you we can just Get a coffee. <laughs> like, yeah. we can, like we can just go drink some water yeah, I was somewhere. Like, um,
1: I don't know if I want to be on social media. <laughs>
0: yeah, that's totally fine. Which, lo and behold, you are already on social media doing your real estate thing now.
1: See, I had to.
0: Yeah, you I had, had to. I
1: had taken all my posts off of Instagram. Mm-hmm. And I was like posting throughout time but I would archive them immediately so I had my own little like memories page on Instagram but nobody else could see it because I don't know there's just creepy weirdos out there that I was like I don't want them having access to like pictures of me and then when I got to real estate they were like yeah, you're gonna have to start posting a little bit because nobody wants you to just be a realtor, you know? So if you like have an ah. Instagram page that shows you a real human too. So now it's like, I'll post real estate stuff, but I need to remember to post my own stuff too, but I never do. And that's part of something that I need to work oh. on with real estate, which is crazy because like even that's a chore, you know?
0: Everything is a brand. Uh-huh. Everything is a brand. Right. You so are I don't wanna be on
1: social media at all. Yeah. I don't want to. I don't like it. I don't like scrolling either, really, yeah. because I'm like, I don't know, it's just not really beneficial my pretty much my whole feed is snowboarding videos or wakeboarding videos or skateboarding videos like all those random stuff because I don't really like
0: I saw some uh, I I did creep on you very slightly and I saw clearly that video but I saw just Maybe two other posts of just very wholesome times. It looked like maybe you were with your mom kayaking or something.
1: Yeah, that was something that I had to post because they were like, "Oh, post something," and I was like, "All oh. I have is pictures from Maine." So I went to Maine with my mom this summer. So these people are
0: like your me, like marketing. They're like marketing strategists as well in some way. Like, what what do you got? Can you post something wholesome? Can you <laughs> like?
1: Yeah, I mean, it's...
0: What sort of meetings I are we having? to understand
1: where they're coming from. And it's not... I mean, it's just kind of like briefly touching on it in group times or whatever. Oh, you need to post things just to look like or like they'll tell me to post something real estate like oh we have an open house post about it i'm like well i haven't posted anything about myself in forever and you told me to have a balance and so it's just a little stressful wow. so that was something i don't know if you looked back at further posts but no. a lot of those posts in that one post or all, a lot of the pictures in that one were in previous posts but i had nothing else to post because i had unarchived a bunch of old stuff yeah. but i had never posted it for people to see it it's just if you like are stalking my page of yeah. course that you would be able to see it uh-huh. And I like my page. I think it's cool. Like, I don't know. I have a lot of exciting things. I think there, it does but... look
0: good. Like the little bit that I did see does. Lo and behold, make you look like a real down to earth human. <laughs> like it, it does. So maybe they're right. Like I, I get it. And I end like you said, it makes all the sense in the world. Like exactly. what it is that they're asking for. Right. Yeah. Yeah. People do want to see. A real human,
1: right? If I was just posting real estate all the time, nobody would yeah, be like, follow me anymore. Which yeah, is,
0: yeah, I don't care. But yeah, but even the people that came, they'd be like, "Damn, like it, it seems a bit pushy." Like, j- like exactly. just real estate, real estate, real estate, real estate. Like, relax.
1: I know, I don't want to be pushy at all. I was like telling my boss, I'm like, I'll post something on my story, but I I will hardly ever post anything on my page. Mm-hmm. He was like, "That's fine." So I guess that's okay. Yeah, I'll be. A person on my page and a realtor on my story <laughs> it is what it is
0: <laughs> oh man and a it's,
1: basketball fan on my story too but.
0: it's it's interesting um I, when I speak to people that have played basketball in the university that used to love playing basketball as they were growing up it's often this story of yeah that shit was fun until I started playing in university and then and then it right. be, it became like a thing I had to do and I had to do a certain way. And then there's right. these weird politics involved. And that can even be a part of high school basketball. There can be some politics sure. involved in that. Like if you go to the summer workouts, there's a very good chance that you're going to be on the team or you're at least, right. I mean, the coaches looking at you, they're seeing what you're made of. They they You're already exhibiting that. You're willing to work harder mm-hmm. than the other kids. So, right. you know, so then you build a relationship with the coach. So, by the time tryouts are actually happening while school has started, people don't even know that most of the team is already assembled in the coach's mind. Right. Like they're already like, listen, I already know I'm taking these kids right here. Right. There's only a couple spots left. All these other 20 kids have no idea that that's the case. Yeah. But that's the case.
1: No, I get that.
0: So that's there's some sort of politics, but it also makes sense. But I can only imagine how much worse it gets when you get into university, especially if you're sure. playing for a good team, you know, because they're trying to win. Right. So they can't just try to give every kid a shot
1: and things just
0: like no it doesn't it doesn't work like that who's alumni who brings money into the, you know, the the program, right. like, all that sort of stuff. So it does, it definitely does get Right, weird. like,
1: every team always has to have a hype man, too. That's not necessarily their big-time scorer or anything, but they've got to be good enough to play. But, I mean, if they're a hype man, they'll be out on the court. If everybody and, loves them, they'll be out on the court.
0: And that's fascinating, especially when it comes into the social media age. Like, I wonder now who gets picked up based on, like, the amount of followers and yeah, you hype and attention that they will bring to the team. Right. That's crazy. Because that's to a huge
1: thing, too, for, like, fans and stuff. We had a guy, I don't know if you follow basketball.
0: Not much, no. Actually, uh, not at all. I don't even know why I said not much. No.
1: <laughs> Virginia Tech, like, the men's and the women's team both had, like, one person, Taylor Soule for the women's and Justin Mutz for the men's, and they just would interact with the crowd. And everybody just went crazy for them. So, like, there's no way we would ever get rid of those people because the crowd went nuts for them. And they brought the fans they brought. So, you never – You mean, like, they were good players. They were both good players, but it's like they weren't our, like, number one. Yeah. And everybody came for them. It was crazy. So,
0: the the players that were actually putting up the stats were not even the main loved people. That's so interesting. I would say
1: so. I mean, like – I don't know. Every, I mean,
0: of course, they're going to be They revered. have a lot of love. Yeah, yeah. Of I mean, all of
1: our players have a lot of love, but like the main guy who everybody He's left. just charismatic. He was good. He was just charismatic. Yeah, he was a good player, but he was more charismatic, which is what got everybody falling in love with Justin Mutz.
0: You know, as you talk to me about the sort of equestrian life that you came from, as well as this uh, new real estate life, I was having a, a conversation with a friend yesterday, actually on the pod, and it's, it's interesting. If you don't... If you haven't spent any time in some any in any given domain of life, it could be real estate, equestrian, mm-hmm. whatever, you don't really know what the issues are in there. You don't right. really know what people go through. Right. And it's always so bizarrely interesting to me to figure out like what these issues are. So when you're telling me, Like how weird, some like the the bad rap that these girls get. And I'm just like, wait a minute, why? Like, I I don't know about this. Like, tell me why. And then you start to unravel it a bit. I'm like, oh, okay, I guess I could see that. And then you tell me about these social media posts that need, that are such a big thing now in, in real estate. And I'm assuming probably most things or a lot of things. I'm certain there are a lot of things that don't want you to post. Like a lot of places where it'd be best if you didn't post, and then others where it would be beneficial for the right. company that you did.
1: Right, I'm sure. They haven't really said what not to post, but. But I was definitely.
0: talking to her about, like, she worked at a dog kennel for a long time. And she's <laughs> talking to me about how toxic the environment was in this dog kennel. Really? And I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, wh- Like, why? And clearly, it had nothing to do with the dogs, right? The dogs are fine. But it was just this person. It was like the director of the dog kennel was just a very, very territorial, very just toxic, corrosive being. And they just created this culture in there that was just it was very nasty in there. And everyone hated being in there every day. And you would imagine you're going people think you're going to play with dogs.
1: Right, that's so you, what you think. So
0: you just assume that the, she has the greatest job and it's fantastic and she just loves going there.
1: all these happy little pups all day.
0: Not at all.
1: That's crazy.
0: Not at all. And and it made me think about where I'd also come from, uh, which was, <laughs> I should probably stop saying the name at this point, but it was a luxury resort <laughs> that, that I was working at. Uh, the Zordon also was working yeah, at. And I, I don't know if he ever told you anything about that. But when you talk about the privilege Uh, I was talking to my friend yesterday about it, and it felt like I had left a cult.
1: Interesting. It
0: felt like I left a cult. It's such a—the way I was trying to describe it is like—I don't know if you've ever seen Stranger Things,
1: I've seen the first two seasons. I think, yes. Yeah.
0: So, oh, that's all you need. You okay. only really need a couple episodes to understand that there's like there's this world, the regular reality, right. And then there's this upside down, right. There's this whole other reality that is simultaneously taking place that gives the other reality that most people are walking around in, you know, completely unbeknownst to the other world, just freely and you know blissfully because of their ignorance, right. And, and when you become privy to that side of things, it just, like, opens your eyes. It's like so—it's like you see it in movies. You kind of have this latent understanding that maybe in show business you hear about it. In Hollywood, you hear about it when you hear about shit like Jeffrey Epstein's Island— where there are all these famous right. rich people coming to be with underage girls. Right. Or just like uh, Harvey Weinstein that's just, like, sexually harassing everyone, and he's the hugest person in Hollywood. And, and, like, that's just what you had to do for a long time as a woman in order to be successful is just, like, sleep with this guy. And, like, all these weird murky things that people do. I just heard that Diddy— um, you know, Diddy P. Diddy, you know him, head of Bad Boy Entertainment. Uh I've you, you, okay. I
1: have heard. Okay. No, yeah, don't worry I about don't it.
0: Know. But anyway, but he's a huge music mogul, probably like next to a Jay-Z. You've heard right. of Jay-Z? Maybe? You heard of Jay Z? I've heard of Jay-Z. Okay, yes. so he's like so he's like adjacent to a Jay-Z. Okay. So just think of like that level mogul music okay. type of guy that was and, and I don't know the validity of these things. I also want to start state that. Right. But that had this rape and sexual trafficking allegation come out towards him in charge. And then there was a huge, I think like eight figure settlement the very next day. He was just like, here, take this money, please stop this. And it was settled. Right. And it was from an R and B singer named Cassie that he had been romantically involved with for a very long time. He met her when she was very young and he was like 37 at the time. She was like 19 or some shit like that. Um, but that there was a lot of coercion in their relationship and she made him do a bunch of stuff and she Jeez. got involved in it's like sexual abuse and drug abuse and all this yeah. sort of stuff that she got, you know, sort of intertwined with. But you realize that all this weird murky shit has happened. She also, there was supposedly like some break that they had taken in their relationship. And then she had gotten with a, a, a rapper slinger, singer named Kid Cudi. i heard of that too. And and then Kid Cudi's car exploded in his driveway Ugh. one day, right? So it's like all this just like really right. weird stuff that happens like at the very right. top. Now, I'm not saying I saw anyone's car get exploded. <laughs> but what I did see was a very, very high level of, of discomfort or uncomfortable implicit and sometimes explicit understanding that the amount of money or status a person has truly grants them a right to treat people right. certain ways or just do things right. that are that if they did them anywhere else, people would be like, yo, kick this guy out. Like, let's get right. him the fuck out of here. Right. Immediately. Like he's not only your band, sir. You can't come back here anymore, right? Right,
1: but in your setting.
0: By the way, I'm banned from that place. Yeah, I'll tell you about that later. Okay. So, yeah.
1: Okay. I'm excited to hear it,
0: it. It all it all came from like podcast content that leaked out and everyone heard, and it kind of got crazy, right? Because I was speaking like this truthfully, of and course. so so I'm banned. But there are people that have come there and sexually harassed people that have really? that have come there and just like. It just, just been insane, like driven their Lamborghini up on, drunkenly up on the rocks and stuff like that oh and, and gotten it stuck in the valet hey. Did you ever lane. have bad, like
1: one-on-one interactions with people like where they just said snobby things? Yeah. Do you have any good stories about that? Uh, like anything someone said that was just so out of pocket and you were like jaw drop.
0: The... the I suppose the first one that comes to mind is there was this huge initiative that had been put in place, and this just said to me, the way I process this is that things that happen in life, especially when there's a lot of money involved, can be very, very good and just be very complex and layered, and there can be some weird, dastardly deeds in there as well. Um. I love the phrase "all roads to hell are paved with good intentions." Like, like everyone is the hero in their own story. Everyone right. feels like they're doing the wrong thing. And I also love the phrase uh, "never attribute to malice what you should rightly attribute to incompetence." And like, people don't think that they're being mean people or rude people. That they they're just trying right. to be evil. They just they're just incompetent. They don't have the right information or they're, right. they're being brash with their movements and their navigation. So they end up doing something stupid. Right. Right. And that's more so what's happening. So. There's this initiative put there that celebrates. It's an annual thing that celebrates black and brown cuisine. Right. Uh, uh-huh. Caribbean people, black, Hispanic cuisine and, and, and even more than that, you'd have people selling T-shirts, people selling uh, honey, just knickknacks and things like that. But they are from black and brown people. So it was like this huge initiative to try to encourage and get out uh, just that information right to people to give people a place where they can sort of thrive. And people thought, you know, let's clap our hands. That's amazing. That's a great initiative. These people otherwise maybe wouldn't have gotten these looks. This is awesome. It's, It's at a beautiful place. You know, and the person that owns all this is a billionaire. So like this is this is amazing. Right. Right. There's a head chef that pretty much runs that whole weekend and uh, they're like award winning. They've probably been on like Chopped or some shows like that that you could watch on TV. Now, a friend of that person that's just kind of a part of their entourage. They were trying to find the buffet. like there's it's a 374 acre place. So they're like,, oh, where's the buffet? Like they're trying to find it. I know where the buffet is. I'm the like supervisor of one of the restaurants at the time. So I'm like, yeah, right, let me show you. We're down by the equestrian bar and I'm like, you got a long walk, let's walk up here together. I'll show you where the buffet is. And we're taking a long walk and I say to the guy, How have you been enjoying your time here? Like, what's it been like for you? He's like, oh, it's amazing, man. Like, I love seeing our people come together in you know this this booming industry and in a way that never truly happens. And there are no fights breaking out. There's no dumb shit going on. It's just beauty and and money and thriving and excellence. It's amazing. And above all, I love seeing all these white slaves.
1: What? That's outrageous. <laughs> what?
0: And there were a few things about that comment. I mean, first thing was clearly would just hit you just like the shock and awe of like <laughs> someone saying those, feeling those things, saying those words to another human. Right. Them thinking that I'm on board with it because of right. my skin color. So like, I'm just with it. I'm just like, yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. White slaves. Love them, <laughs> right? Um, and, and then furthermore, like, I, I know he's a part of the entourage of the head person throwing this thing. And so that doesn't make you feel good about maybe what the feelings are at the top of mm-hmm. this. It just doesn't make you feel good it that did not come from the main guy but it came from the main guy's friend and so it just don't make you feel good about yeah. about that um but on top of that it was also just inaccurate because we had a, mostly hispanic people working uh you had clearly Zoran came from a J1 international student program so there right. were people from Kazakhstan fucking japan you know it, it yeah. did, croatia like people from everywhere all over the place so it was also just inaccurate that's neither here nor there but right. it was just a wild statement to make um so then after he said that and i just showed him where the crepes were i just had
1: you already made it to the buffet at that y- point yeah, you didn't have to keep talking I, yeah, to exactly him. <laughs> was
0: it good. was like perfect because i was just like and here's the buffet okay. <laughs> and just like you know faded off into the darkness. <laughs> so I, I, Christ, so after crazy. that was said, I was just kind of like looking around it just it gave a different tint to everything, like a different flavoring was on <laughs> yeah. everything I was seeing, and then I was like, huh, kind of just want to go home now, yeah, so that's I just sort of processed that on the drive home, <laughs> yeah, you know, you just kinda you drive home's a little different, yeah. So a lot
1: to think about.
0: Yeah, so that's that's one thing. You have like minor things that are that are just like funny. Like it's a dog friendly place, so people bring their dogs okay. and they're walking around with their dogs, and you got to right. their dog receptacles everywhere with the bags and stuff like that. So you right. you pick up your dog shit and you tie it up and hopefully you place it in the receptacle. Right uh, there's a lady that decided she was not going to do that and then decided she walked up to her server. Who's was on the terrace where her family were, so she was, so she decided to come meet her family back for breakfast with a bag of shit in her hand and walked up to the server and was like, could you do something with this, please? And just, like, dropped the bag. Because the initial, as someone says, hey, can you do something with this? And they start to put their hand out. You're like, oh, yeah, sure, like, as a server. So you put your hand out before you even realize what's happening, and then a bag of shit just hits your hand. And you're like, oh.
1: That is so disrespectful.
0: Oh, Okay.
1: I've gotten a bug from a customer, but not no literal bag of shit.
0: Yeah, a literal bag of shit. And there's and there's just like a million things like that. Like like for instance, some a lot of employees, especially ones, and I think probably mostly ones that work in housekeeping, have no name tag. It's like no identity. No name tag, right? And if everyone had no name tag, that'd be one thing. Right. But then you have a tier up where most of just your entry-level employees that you would see are going to have a name tag. right? And it's one name, their first name. And then once you reach upper management, you have a first and a last name on your name tag. And it's just it's like... Just it's just
1: kind of weird. It's like they want everybody to know that they are the upper class. It's like, just this know.
0: weird hierarchy that's yeah. dis- just dis- dis- placed there. and. And again, there's just this, this implicit understanding that if I spent a lot of money for... If I'm spending $2,500 for a room up there for this, for this suite... this how much a, they cost? A night. Some of is them that de- really depending, how much it cost? Depending upon the rate, like what time of year and what suite you're getting or whatever the case is. Jeez. There are people that might go into the owner's suite and pay you know, $3,500, $4,000 depending upon the rate. Imagine having
1: you. that money God.
0: Yeah, and you're just... That's I've seen people stay in that suite for months because because they were fleeing Florida for whatever hurricane was going down in Florida and their Florida home was being thrashed by a storm. And they're just like, yeah, so we just decided to fly up here and stay here for a few months while that gets rebuilt.
1: Oh, my God.
0: And you wouldn't know them. It's not that they're celebrities. You just wouldn't. They're just people that just have a lot of money. You, You know what I mean? Uh, so yeah, you just, you just see things, but people just ask for things. And when I mean ask, I mean demand things because it's just like, well, I'm paying this amount. So give me this now. Like I'm not, I'm not negotiating with you. Like I need this thing. The answer no is not in your vocabulary. Right. I give me this thing.
1: That's crazy. And I feel like you never, I mean, you never know what's happening until you're involved in it. So you telling me this story, like I understand you and I believe you, but I don't, Really know it until I've experienced it. Like I've had stories like that in my life too. Where I'm like, oh, I knew you know, this kind of stuff happened, but I didn't know until I actually. It just it gets more real when you actually get it. Like you know, you know, people get murdered, but until you see one, it's not real. You're like, it's like like, it does happen, but it it really does happen. (laughs) Like I don't know, it just doesn't seem real until you're like involved in a lot of situations like that. When you tell me about all these rich people, you know. I know a lot of rich people. My mom works at a private school and stuff, but they're not those kinds of rich people that I've interacted with at least. And so it's like, I understand what you're saying and I believe every word of it, but yeah. And I most
0: certainly do not want to paint this like every person that has money is up. Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't want to do that. I met so many fascinating, beautiful, pleasant, generous, giving, caring, intelligent, creative people there. And I love talking to those people. Right. Awesome. You could tell that they came from a different place. Like maybe they worked really hard for theirs and they just happened to accrue money over time because they worked really hard. You know what I mean? And and their kids are so precocious. Oh, there is nothing better than seeing young children that are just so polite they order their own food it's like yes sir yes ma'am please may i please have yes a-
1: sir and the yes ma'ams i miss those And they
0: look you in your eyes as they order their food and they just thank you so much like and they sometimes oh. they'll come downstairs and eat on their own because their parents are still sleeping and they'll tip well like, oh, they, like, my like gosh. yeah and like sometimes it's the older and younger and like the older you can tell like, takes care of the younger one. That's cute. Yeah, oh. yeah, it's, it's, so when you see that, you're like, okay, we. I don't want to use this wide brushstroke of just rich people are terrible, nasty, stuck-up people, it's not yeah. like that.
1: I don't want to say that about horse people either, I know I've just bad yeah, <laughs> the horse yeah. people, but there are good people, and there are people that earn the reputation of horse
0: people. Yeah, it's just, it's weird when you really, really get to see it, and What's worse is you get to see it corrode people that's the worst that's what I started to see in myself was I started to really? see it make me a person that I didn't recognize and it started to get really nasty and I started to speak in a way that I didn't speak like I would start speaking nastier about people and I was like, oh I don't like what I see myself becoming I have to get the fuck out of here <laughs> yeah I would see it in people that I used to love working with I'd be like when you were a host in the restaurant and I was a server, I used, to, I used to be like, oh, I can't wait for her to work. She's so funny and she watches all these movies and has all these interesting ways of weaving all these little movie quotes and themes into like what's going on here at work. And she was just so bubbly and she was just so much fun. And then I saw her become a supervisor. Then I saw her become a manager. Or assistant manager then I saw her become a general manager and it was like through time you just saw her become nastier and nastier and like a a permanent scowl started to override her face and people (laughs) would like movie shit oh my gosh like yeah you but you would just even just the way she would start walking was different it was like a way of like showing she was in charge And it was like, oh, man, this has gotten to
1: imposter syndrome. Like I'm one of these people.
0: I think a lot of people feel like they have, especially women, sometimes in leadership roles, feel like they have to assert themselves in Mm -hmm. a certain way or else people will not take them seriously. So I kind of I kind of.
1: That makes sense.
0: You know, I'm not not a small woman. So, like, I don't know what that fight is like right you know and I'm certain people treat me a different way than maybe they would treat you but I feel like but I don't even know because I feel like you also have a certain confidence about yourself in a certain (laughs) way that you that you speak and maybe a certain understanding of your level of competence and like what it is you can do like you're you like we're out there talking about you being a coach and you're like listen I'm not good and I know that but I right. also know that I understand the game very well. Right. So like you have a a, a you have a true and non delusional right <laughs> understanding of what th- it is you do know and what it is you can't do.
1: Right. I think there's like a two ways to go about that situation too, and I'm like definitely not on this first side. But there's the fake it till you make it side, which mm-hmm. I believe in for most aspects of life. You- Life, You know, fake, you're happy. You're going to be happy. If you fake, you're successful. Eventually, you'll be successful. But in this situation with like the coaching and stuff, I'm going to go in there and be like, guys, I'm just here to have fun. Like, I know you don't, you know, whatever. And then, you know, they'll, they're going to think of me more as a friend and yeah. then they'll respect me as a friend more. Mm. So that's like the way I go about it is like I acknowledge that yeah. I don't look like somebody that, you know, I'm 5'1 <laughs> white girl who can barely shoot. Like <laughs> I can kind of, shoot. but
0: still, the, I mean, just yeah. regardless. See, I'm not, there you go. Give yourself a little credit. I can, kind of, I can
1: kind of, can shoot. kind of play, but yeah, there's a. I acknowledge it, and I think that's like one of the ways to approach it, and one of the ways to approach it is just pretend like you can, which is I don't know if there's really one way wrong in like the coaching situation, but
0: I'm glad that in other you. I'm glad you said that because my old manager at that place sat me down one day and was like, "All right, Earl, I'll listen." I understand you're like the cool, calm, collected guy. Like, like I, I get that. But that can be a bit hard to read sometimes. And, and I thought maybe I don't know if he had heard this from other people or if he or his higher ups or he was more so just projecting his feelings. I'm not certain, but mm-hmm. he was like, I'm going to need you to show more irritation and frustration.
1: He did not say that. what oh wait so he wanted to be able to read you better so he's like when you're irritated tell me that kind of thing or was he I don't understand what he's going for there
0: he his understanding was that as a leader right because I was a supervisor he was the manager of that restaurant so he's like listen like giving me a little brother moment like he's like you know this is this is some this is some tutelage like hey I need you to show irritation and frustration so that the people that work underneath you work harder.
1: I see where that's like at. you
0: need to light a fire underneath them. And and the way that you're going to do that is you need to walk around showing irritation and frustration so that they look at you and they stop thinking, oh, well, Earl's cool. So like it's chill. Like we're in a chill environment. You know, like, it should be like, oh, shit, Earl's angry, like, Earl looks angry, like, okay, I guess I should, I guess I should move, I should, I guess I should uh, go go do this, I guess I should, oh, he he looks like he's upset. I mean, that's a
1: terrible way to, I mean, you should lead by example, I feel like, not lead by fear, you know, I don't know, I think that's kind of, I understand what he's saying, like, people work harder if they're scared of you, in a sense, but, I don't know, they'll also quit sooner, (laughs) I think. And,
0: and just be under a certain mental stress that I don't think is necessary. Yeah. So, just what you're saying is like, okay, I can see that way, but I think there are different ways. And like, there's
1: much better ways. And,
0: and, when, and when it comes to the luxury, when it comes to customer service, I've been out places. I love going out to eat. I try to eat in more just to save money and to just do stuff at the house, right? Right. But but I like to go out, and it's more so like a Mm -hmm. big treat that we give ourselves now to go out, like coming to see you and having dinner out, you know, at the the place you were at. Like that was a treat, like it was a nice fun treat. And what do you know, met a new friend, Right. right? Bigger treat. But I know what it's like to have someone that is very very uncomfortable trying to do you a service. It makes you a little bit more uncomfortable, right? So if I'm stressing people out and like you, it's very, very difficult for people to get past that and then come to the table and just try to pretend that they're happy and not stressed out. Right. So I want them to feel a levity. I want them to feel like, Hey, we're here to do a good job for sure, but we're here to work together. I don't want you stressing out over serving people food.
1: Yeah. Like There's th- no need for stress in that business.
0: It, it, like, we don't have to. But, but the thing is, is in that business, in high, high level luxury, stress is kind of like encouraged. And that's, I hate that. And so that's the thing. There were, there were a million moments I could talk, because we could talk for the next 10 hours about this. But <laughs> th- the way that I've been able to summarize why I left in a way that is effective and it is truthful, is that the regardless of what they said their mission statement is or what their core values are,
1: that's all BS.
0: Mm, <laughs> is the values that I saw exhibited and practiced and encouraged and you know revered highly are not the characteristics and qualities and traits that I revere in my life and that I want to practice in right. my life. So when things like that were being told to me that I need irritation and frustration, I was like, oh yeah, I gotta go because <laughs> you don't know, sir, that I'm a practitioner of meditation and yoga. <laughs> like I like my life is so far from where you guys are yeah. trying to take me. Like this does." This like I'm the the wavelengths are off like and the frequencies are off. And it's that you like off.
1: acknowledged that and got out before you became like your coworker. Like I respect uh, that you uh, realized you needed to change and weren't scared to find a new job. And like, you know, but, but some I, people are just scared. they they're so scared. Yeah, they're so scared.
0: That manager that I was speaking about just now. As I'm having my sort of exit interview, which was interesting because we didn't get an actual exit interview, which they do with everyone. So they clearly understood that there was like something up with us. Like they didn't want our answers for whatever reason, because she left too the same day I did. Um, oh, good. Okay. Yeah. So when I spoke to him, he came to us and sat us down and was like, first of all, I feel like a failure because you guys went to HR with your resignations. You didn't even feel comfortable coming to me, like your direct manager. And we were very honest and it was like, we don't feel like we have that relationship with you. So, yeah, yeah. Like maybe, but maybe we have failed each other in certain ways. I'm here to take accountability for conversations I didn't have with you or whatever, whatever the case is. Um, but it didn't seem like those conversations were on the table. It didn't even seem like the opportunity to have those conversations. Because he was on the leading
1: table. with anger and aggression. You, and- you know what I'm
0: saying? Yeah. <laughs> so, and just lack of communication, the lack of communication there was just like, it, it was abhorrent. Like I couldn't even, I couldn't even do it. But either way, and I'm one for communication and like effective communication, as you can may be able to tell. <laughs>
1: Just a little, um, just a little, <laughs>
0: just a dash every once in a while. Dash you maybe, of able, you maybe I would see little most glimpses little. of it. Um, he, there was a point where he sort of, he sort of peeked from behind the curtain in a sense, and you could see him, and he was like, because most of the time you feel like you're just talking to suits and dresses and heels, like you're not talking like a real human. So like right. he sort of peeked behind the curtain and was like, you know, I've I've thought about wanting to leave this industry, and I and here I am, twelve years later, and I just think, what else could I do? Who else would? This t- was
1: at your exit interview, your like leaving interview, whatever that was called.
0: Where where else could I go? Who would take me? What like my resume is all this. This is all I've done for the past 12 years. Like what else?
1: That's not a terrible resume though.
0: But, but it's a resume that shows that you can do something in this particular domain of life. That, that's how he's viewing his thing. It's always been food and beverage. It's always been food and beverage. It's always been food and beverage. So what am I gonna do that isn't management and food and beverage? Like the idea of starting over, starting something completely new seems so daunting. at a certain point in time. say you're in your, you know, mid thirties, high thirties, forties, you're like, I'm 42. Like, what do you, what do you want me to do? And some people feel that way in their twenties, which is, which is startling to say the least that you feel like, how can I start over at age 27? Right. You know what I mean? Like you're a baby. (laughs) You can do any, like the world is so large and you have so much time. Like, just put your mind to something else, you know, focus on something else.
1: Right.
0: But yeah, a lot of people, you see them and they go in and out of that place talking shit about it all day long. You see those people, you go to certain jobs and they talk shit about where they work all day long. They go in, can't wait to start complaining about the people they work with or the management or the guests, the clients that come in, or their overall job description, like whatever it is, they're just complaining all day long and they're gonna come in and do it tomorrow and the next day and the next day. And I started to see myself having these complaints and like, I don't like this and I don't like this. And it's like, okay, well then I need to change this then. Like at some point I understand that I'm not jiving well with this industry. But at some point I have to take accountability for being a part of the industry and I have to get out. I think it's very difficult when you've like curated this life for yourself where now maybe you have a certain mortgage you have to pay or a certain car payment you have to pay. You've just built a certain level of financial expectation and you're like, what sort of cutback can I realistically take? What sort of financial cutback can I take? Can I take it? Because maybe this job pays me too well. The perks are too good. Like, if I, don't, if I don't make this amount of money, I'm going to be in heavy debt. I'm going to have to sell this and this and this. Who knows right. if my partner is going to be okay with that because they've been accustomed to this lifestyle now. I get it. It gets tricky. It gets yeah. tricky.
1: It's upsetting. People get all stuck. I also like how your eyes bug out when you talk about like scary things because it makes it even scarier. I just want you to know that you have very big eyes. <laughs> you were like, I, I need do. to get out. And your
0: eyes are popping. Bro, like it's I be crazy. I feel stuff. Like when I talk about <laughs> things, even if I've talked about it a hundred times, when I every time I talk about something, I'm so cued into what I'm talking about.
1: That you feel the emotion? I
0: feel the emotion right back. I could tell the same story over and over and I'm going to keep remembering the feelings <laughs> that arise as I as the words come out of my mouth. Right. And so you're going to get a proper representation <laughs> of, of like kidding. what it feels like. So yeah, this shit is real. It's so crazy, but I'm so glad that I know that that life exists that like people are into that and just to because it makes you it, it has made me much more empathetic. Much more understanding to what people are going through. Right. Because I know it's difficult to like walk away from stuff. Right. Yeah, I, I just I looked at it, I drew a parallel between that and just toxic, toxic, intimate relationships. Like a boyfriend or a girlfriend is some like a friend right. of yours has, and you know, like maybe your group of friends will get together every now and again and you're like, Yo, why is she still dating him? Like why like why doesn't she leave? Like that's not good. Like she knows right. it's not good, right? Right. And then maybe Some point in time, you muster up the courage to talk to your friend, and you're like, "Why are you in this relationship still?" And they say things like, "You don't understand. Like, treats me well. He takes me on trips, and he buys me necklaces, and you know what I mean. He he, he treats me really nice. It's his way of loving. You, You don't get it. You know, he's just verbally and physically abusive every now and again, and he drinks too much, and sometimes he'll just show up places that I'm at." drunk and making a fool of himself and so now I have to kind of leave the function I was at and take him home and
1: no that's so. always so crazy I remember um like people will talk to me and they'll be with their first boyfriend and they'll be like oh but he texts me good night and I'm like you should know that like that that's not That shouldn't be a, wow, what a good boyfriend thing. That should be something that, like, most guys would do, you know? And it's like, don't feel stuck in this relationship just because of the few good things that he does because you don't realize that there's, like, more out there, you know?
0: Perspective, man. You you can't... (laughs) My friend Mikey, who I showed you about the Adderall thing, is so many conversations may come back to him because he's a big part of my life. He actually that was an so that he he engineers this podcast. So like once I get done done with it, I send him the episodes. Oh, cool. He does it. He comes on often. I've known him for a very long time. Um, but it, fuck, I forgot what I was talking about. Um, what were we just saying?
1: I was talking about like people feeling stuck in relationships because they don't realize what else is out there.
0: Oh, yeah. He loves to say you can't teach understanding. Like you can't you can't teach perspective. Right. And and anytime you've come into a new perspective and it's sort of like hit you like, wow, that's an eye opening experience that that. Wow. What a lick of wisdom that I just got from that. You just realized that there was no other way for that to happen but for you to go through the various right. steps that got you to that place. Exactly.
1: Like when people tell me things, you're like, oh, I understand that theoretically, hypothetically.
0: Sounds really nice.
1: Yeah, it sounds true. Yeah, it sounds But then true. it doesn't like.
0: It resonates. Really, yeah. I get it. Yeah. But I don't get it. Yeah, like it's just not, like what we
1: were saying earlier. You don't know murders happen until you see one. Like, yeah, and then you're like, "Oh my gosh. You know they do, but you don't know it. Like it, a, like it. Yeah. Be, Same thing. Think about
0: in this. Uh, I like to say this too: that every conversation in this day and age seems to have the quote "in this day and age" in it. Like we always <laughs> say that. So I will say, in this day and age, it seems like <laughs> with social media. We'd be very negligent at the least, right? Uh, We'd be remiss to say that the amount of stimulus that people do get from looking at things isn't having an effect on our psychology, right? The, The disregard that most of us have when just scrolling past Uh, The school shooting that happened over here. Oh, 89 kids dead. Okay, what's the next thing? Uh, Oh, a woman stabbed 89 times. Okay, what's the next thing? Oh, war broke out between these two warring nations. Oh, what's the next thing? Like, the fact that we just...
1: Kind of, oh, that's happening.
0: You know, that's kind of... What it is you're speaking about. It's just very difficult to wrap your mind around war. Right. Unless you've been in a warring country, in a warring state. And you're like, oh, this shit is, war is real. Yeah. Like real innocent, just people going to the grocery store or whatever, like, like that's, like they just get hit with a bullet. Or just right. a bomb dropped on their house as they're just cooking a meal for the little ones like this like that's a real thing. It's right. like, but, but it the, still
1: feels almost movie like. Just like theoretical, it yeah. It feels like a documentary when you yeah. tell me about it. Oh, this happened once. You know. Yeah,
0: because we're just sitting in here drinking water and coffee, recording a podcast. Yeah,
1: <laughs> living <laughs> a good, good life.
0: Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, so that it's just very, very hard to wrap your mind around that. Like a friend of mine. I just moved up from Florida. Shout out to Carl. Uh, He started working for a company. And I don't know if this company just became a thing or if they just changed, if they just shifted their priorities to gain more income. But he works for a company that now reinforces windows and glass and doors in schools so that they're bulletproof and so that they're easily i guess exitable for for students if need be and just the fact that that's like a, a, a booming industry right now just reinforced yeah. bulletproof glass for schools just just wild but that's a reality yeah. here in america is there're just so many shootings right it, like you can't even you can't even keep track of them right Every time somebody t- tells me about one of them, I think they're talking about something else. Or like, I'm like, are you talking, did this happen this week? Is this the one in Alabama? Are you talking about the one in Philadelphia? Are you talking about the one in yeah. New York? Are you talking about the one that happened down the street? Like, which one are you talking about? Right, They're, just they're like, so they're like oh, no, I'm talking about the one that had, uh, this was uh, three hours ago. The one that happened three hours ago over there in uh, Haymarket. And I'm just like. Jeez. Yeah. It's it's just insane. It's just a big world out there. But you can't trying to teach perspective is is interesting. Like people have to have their own experiences. Like people have to go out and like try to see things. Right. And how terrifying is that to be in a, to have, be a parent and like understand that understand that your child needs perspective through experience. And at the same time, you understand what like the possibilities and ramifications that could come from those experiences. Right. So it's like trying to find that balance as a parent must be insane. I don't have kids, so I don't I do not know what that would be like, Uh, (laughs) nor do I plan on having kids. So I don't know if I'll know what that is going to be like. Right. Who the responsibility?
1: Terrifying.
0: The responsibility. You plan on it? one day, yeah i, I could think. I could see you, you seem like a family oriented person, <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, someday. I'm not thinking anytime soon at all. Um, I kind of want to live out like my twenties, you know mm-hmm.
0: um
1: before I ever Is
0: there anything before. in particular you're trying to check off that list before that happens?
1: I don't know if there's really a single like check mark necessarily. I mean, there is this one person in um Norway who's been like he's a cool dude, he sails and stuff, he works up there. And I went to Norway with one of my friends. We befriended him, and he's like, well, I'm going to go on, like, this whale tour. You can come on my boat with me for free, Mm -hmm. whatever. We can go sailing across Norway and, like, swimming with whales and stuff like that. And I like – so just things like that come up. So he told me about this earlier this week that he's going to do that this fall. So it's just kind of – I like having the freedom of not having to, A, check with somebody and be like, can I do this? Like, I'm going to be gone for a couple months. Is that okay? Or have to find babysitters or just not be able to do it. You know, like, just – Being able to just kind of do it and be like, oh, if anyone wants to come along with me, come along with me, but not having the responsibility of having to check with people to do things that come up on a whim. So that's pretty much all that I want to do in my 20s.
0: The I think the heaviest and kind of like saddest thing is speaking to an older person that feels the regret of having lived their whole life for other people. Right. If you ever get a chance to speak to an older person that feels that way, it's a heavy fucking conversation. Right. like it, You're just, you're looking at them and you can just see it. Right. You can just see it. They're like, I've been, I've been raising kids for however long.
1: Right. Now
0: their grandkids are on I think way. in a
1: sense, that's one of my like biggest fears is not, is like looking back and regretting things. Cause I remember my brother, when I was going into high school, my brother was going into college, like Cam, what's your advice for high school? And this one thing, it's just like, it's such a normal quote, but it just stuck with me the way my brother said it. He was like, well, I don't regret any of the things I did. I just regret the things that I didn't do. Mm. And so I was like, oh my gosh. And that's partially why I loved high school so much. I tried everything. I didn't even have a study hall. I said yes to all the jobs I did. Like I did all these stupid electives that I would never use in real life, but I just had fun with it, you know? It's fun. It's fun. And that's why I loved it because I did everything. So I guess part of me is also like I don't want to be 30, 40, 50 and look back and be like, wow, my 20s were, you know, just – I mean, not that I would say getting a family or whatever would be wasted time, but it's just – spent differently than it could have been. And I would have had a family later on anyway, you know, that kind of
0: yeah, spent differently, but I
1: wouldn't have been able to do all this stuff that I did could have done in my twenties when I'm 60.
0: Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. The regret thing is interesting because I think if you walk into the future endeavors with, with true intention, like, you know why you're doing this thing, then I think it's, it's harder to look back with regrets you're like well right. it more so seems like it was just a part of the story like mm-hmm. this just this was just a natural occurrence of me at that point in time really chasing this thing and i knew what i was chasing and it just turned out that i that i grew and i evolved and as i evolved i knew i needed to do something else and that just happens like for me in that job i was talking about I do not regret having that job and being at that place. Right. I just knew that I evolved, and with my evolution, mm-hmm. there was that wasn't going to be able to continue to coexist. Right, and so I think that that can happen. Like you can, you know, the the person I'm thinking about recently that was talking to me about what sounded like regrets for the life that they had sort of made for themselves and them living. You know, this committed life to all these other things like they had committed so much of themselves to other people's lives and other people's uh, quality of lives and, you know, all this sort of stuff. And they're the facilitation of their lives in so many ways. It seemed like they were regretting commitment, you know, and they're just like without that commitment. There could have been so much more. There could have been so many more opportunities. And and I'm I'm thinking, fair enough. I hear that. Life is a commitment, though. Mm -hmm. So you being here and breathing air and having to just live life, life is a big commitment. Right. So you can commit to being single your whole life and just doing what you want to do. And that's also going to come at its cost. Right. And so I think that there is, there's so many different ways to do, there's so many different ways to do life. And if it's one thing that my conversations with people have taught me is that we should open ourselves up to all these different walks of life there's so many different ways to do it and what works for you is right. not what works for the next person right. and yeah you just kind of have to try to find your groove right
1: in, I understand in life that. you know? totally yeah because i just personally like having the freedom to do things right now and yeah. i know that that's not going to be forever you know like yeah.
0: and, and i if, don't
1: judge people who don't
0: and if you get to your 30s you turn 30 and you still want to keep doing it and you're like this is awesome I right. feel like I'm my high school self. I wanna right. ke- I wanna snowboard more. I wanna skateboard more. I wanna keep yeah. doing these. I wanna go backpacking over here. I wanna do these mm-hmm. things. Then then that's who you are then. And you can keep doing those things. Like mm-hmm. you can you can make these pivots. You don't have to get stuck like my old manager and say, Oh, well, can I really do something different now? Like the answer is yes. Yes, always. You can. Yeah. You know, you really, really can.
1: You should have that guy, or not your old manager, but the old guy who regretted yeah. commitment on this podcast because I've listened to that. and
0: just love to just, just, just talk old about people
1: get like a you know you have five of these get five old people to just talk oh, about oh my goodness crazy. Yeah, I
0: know and so that's why I want to be more open to just asking more because sometimes there's been a, a skittish sort of uh bashful nature of myself when it's come to requesting people mm-hmm. to be on it I don't know who would be receptive of it, and who wouldn't be? Because it scares the hell out of certain people. Sure, and, you know, because it's just like, what do you mean, a conversation with no phone and no other distractions? And like, well, like, what do you mean? Like, it's just us in a room. What are we gonna talk about? Am I? Am I interesting enough? Do I? I had all
1: those doubts too. Of course, everyone <laughs> does. Like I don't know. Like,
0: do I know enough? I, I'm not a professional necessarily in anything. Like right. I don't think I'm that impressive of a human. It's like, let's let's rel- Let's breathe. <laughs> yeah. I get that. Everyone feels like they're not interesting. Everyone feels like they're not impressive for the most part, then you get the people that do and they're a little interesting. but you know, but yeah. most people feel that way. What's fascinating is other people love listening to those people that say that they weren't interesting, and then like, they'll come to me and be like, "Yo, that girl, Jesse, was so interesting that you had on." <laughs> and I'm like, "Yeah, I know, she doesn't think so, but you know, and, and I, I just constantly have that conversation about every last person that came on right. That thinks that they were not interesting. So it's so fascinating because people find people interesting. They just don't find themselves interesting. Right. And that's. Makes sense. Yeah. That's yeah. how that goes. Um, but I definitely want to ask more people because if you don't ask, you won't know. And I want right. to give people that. I want to give people the opportunity to reject me if they would like to.
1: Right. You builds know? character.
0: Yeah. You know. It, it absolutely builds character. I don't know why I was having this conversation with someone recently about. The just the art of talking to people, the 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 art of and more so sort of propositioning people like you see someone that's attractive. You want to say something, but people are very, very, you know, it's just like, ah, fuck, I'd much rather just get on this app and just swipe and hopefully they'll swipe right on me. Right. Right? As opposed to like, I see this person. They seem attractive. They seem, like, bubbly. They seem welcoming. Like, maybe I should go say something to them. But, like, ah, oh, but what if they What if they tell me to go fuck off? What if they tell me that they're in a relationship and, like, oh, I'm stupid now? Or what if they just, they're not interested in me? What is that? And then now, yeah, now, and now then, you, like, have all these. And then
1: life passes by while you're thinking you about all these all things. All
0: of these rut stories in your mind. And, like, oh, God. And it would be the worst, too, if while you're thinking about all these things and people have gone through this, where then someone else walks up to that person and talks to them and you're like, oh, fuck, that looks so easy. Like, oh, that person's now they're having a conversation. It looks like it's fun.
1: Right. And honestly, as a girl, like, I am much more flattered when somebody, you know, soberly walks up to me and (laughs) talks to me. I've gotten so many people, like, text me drunk, like, hey, do you want to, you know, go out with me? And I'm like... I don't think I would have anyway, but this, this way you're presenting this is like, why aren't I, I know it's just, they're intimidated, which I totally understand too. But at the same time, it's just so flattering when somebody thinks like I'm worth what I know is terrifying to walk up to me. And I'm like, I'm really flattered by it. And even if maybe I wouldn't have looked at you across the room and been like, Oh, you know, I want that person to come up to me when they do. I might be like, Oh, this is kind of cool. I like the confidence. I like the, the initiative.
0: You are you're a very considerate person. Uh so that's that's saying one because you're you're considerate, you're thoughtful. So just the fact that these thoughts are even roaming your consciousness say enough about you. I will say that. Um yeah, it's terrifying for people and I completely understand that. I've been in that boat before. What I will say is my stance on it now is that it's a formulation problem. A formulation problem in that like the way people format it in their mind is Okay, I'm going to go talk to this person and I'm going to try to start something romantic with them out of, out of nowhere because I don't know them. They don't know me. So it is to some degree out of nowhere. And hopefully I can do that in a way that is persuading enough, like persuasive enough to where they will give me a shot. If that does not happen, I failed. That is a loss. Right. Right. If you reformatted that into... I see something endearing about this human in front of me, I would like to let that human know that without without me even knowing who they are, I sense something endearing about them, their energy, their aesthetics, whatever it is, maybe it is the way that they They smiled the way that they sort of. You saw them talk to someone, or the the confidence in their walk, or the sway in their walk, or whatever it is. Just like there's something about your overall energy and face and smile that is welcoming. That is a compliment for me to you right now, right? Like (laughs) any of these things in. I want to say that to I want to spread right. that cheer, right? It doesn't always have right. to be at the holiday season that you can spread some cheer. I just want to go and say this polite, pleasant right. thing to and this person. And even if it
1: doesn't come into anything, it's it's so nice.
0: That is the win,
1: right? So, there, it so makes therefore,
0: their you you reformat it so there is no way of losing. If right. you, if you reformat it, then. You going up to that person, you are going to win regardless of what happens. There is no loss. And on top of that, now we understand through this conversation that the susceptibility of it being something is going to heighten now. Like the the possibility of something actually coming from it is going to be heightened now because you went in with pure intentions in the first place. and. And if, you know, you could even, there could be a caveat in there and be like, listen, I, I truly mean this the way that I'm saying it to you. And and I don't want you to think that there's any sort of ulterior motives. I'd, I would just like to, to get to know you more.
1: Right. Like, yeah. you know,
0: so we can be friends. We can, I would just like, there's just something about your character. I would just like to, to right. speak and about. And I think
1: that's, that's perfect. Like if somebody comes up to me and they're like, you know. You know, I like you said, you know, your smile's very welcoming, whatever. I'd love to get to know you. you know that's more that's on the right track for a relationship anyway, to be friends first and to just like for them to want to make you feel good as opposed to they you, they want you to make them feel good. you know I think that's You couldn't
0: have said that any better. <laughs> yes,
1: yeah, if, so if I think that's if your me.
0: intention wasn't. How can they serve me?
1: Exactly. No, if you come yeah. up to someone drunk at a bar, like, you know, you assume that this drunk person coming up to you, you know, it's just the, the setting that you're in. You know what you assume, you know. Um, but if someone comes up to you and just like has a conversation with you and doesn't say like, hey, you want to come, you know, you want to do this? You want to do, you know, I don't know. I feel like it's just very flattering for someone to just genuinely want to have a conversation with you and not.
0: I don't know. I will, I will. I will. I will also say, you know, because I, I have to always play my own devil's advocate sure. and say, "Hey, Earl, maybe you have a certain essence about you and a certain demeanor and a certain, you know, relaxness in a certain way with words that all of us don't fucking have. So fuck you. It's not that easy, right? So I get that." side too i want to give credence to that i'm not saying that it's an easy thing Mm -mm. um i'm just saying that what i said was right Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's what i'm saying it's not easy
1: right right right?
0: but a lot of the beautiful things on the planet earth are going to be difficult
1: exactly
0: to to get to right i'm going to take a bathroom break okay bathroom break she was like, Earl, look, I made a painting for you. And I even found a little silhouette of a man that
1: looks just like you. <laughs> Have you ever done uh, that? Have you ever done that little jump?
0: Probably. With <laughs> I can see myself doing that. A thousand percent. It's definitely my vibe. One thousand yeah. <laughs> percent. Le- yeah. Leaping through the rain like that. I would definitely. I love the rain. I would yeah. definitely do some shit like that. That's a thousand percent. Um funny. We're just talking about uh, dating. Oh yeah, so I just finished this very fascinating book. It really changed my view on on a lot of things, or at least it it refined my views on some things. I should say that Mm -hmm. it was called Drunk by Edward Slingerland. Uh, I, I can't recommend that book enough, but it was about the extremely pivotal crucial vital role that alcohol and other intoxicants have played in human civilization throughout all of humanity right? since the, the dawn of time or since we could figure out how to get drunk people have been doing it and there are right. a lot of different theories as to why people did it um, or you know how they would make it and, and you know the different rituals involved in it and it seems like the largest, the largest and most ubiquitous, um, you know, widespread reason comes back to a social lubricant of sorts. It's the The level of social anxiety that any given human being has. At any given moment in time, especially when they're in a box, you know, with a bunch of other humans and music's playing and they're there to try to make friends or proposition right. someone in some way in some romantic way is just like it's through the roof. It's through the roof. like people like you were saying, you were telling your friend, like you feel my skin like it's so hot, like I'm I'm bursting so with good. nervousness right now. That's people all the time. When it comes to, I, okay, I'm about to have a conversation with another human, like, okay, 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 let's go. You know, like, it, like they're, they're psyching themselves up to do it. It's like, a, it's a whole production for, right. for a lot of people. Right. And depending upon what it is you know you're going in to talk about or what the intent is, like, it's, if it's a romantic proposition, then the emotional stakes are even higher at that point. Uh, Because you don't want your ego to be completely broken by it and whatever the case. You don't want to offend anyone. Right. Whatever. So the drunkenness that we're speaking of. That shit's not going anywhere. Oh, yeah. Right. Like, it's just. It seems like there is a rise of people. This is what the book said, that there's research been done. And there have been more and more people as the years have gone that are trying to abstain from alcohol more. It may not look like it if you're in certain circles, but more people are trying to take the cleaner route. Right. So, you know, this is why a lot of places have mocktail menus where you can just get stuff that looks like, you know, an alcoholic drink and still socialize and hang out right. with people without. And you
1: don't need alcohol for it. And you don't need alcohol for right. it. Right. Um, but
0: some people, it's just, they, what they, seems to be a very unique human problem, right, um, as opposed to all the other animals, is that we're conscious beings. Right. So because we have this prefrontal cortex that that allows us to know that there is like a person here, like a thing here, and we have this ego, this sense of self here, that's when you get this compiling of of issues, right? Thinking about what other people think about you and knowing that ultimately there is some evolutionary adaptation there because... So we're a social species. So socially being socially apt does help you along in life. Like if you know how to speak with human beings, if other human beings like you, there's a better chance you can go further and have more opportunities. So
1: life's so much about who you know
0: and and yeah, and like how to work different rooms. So I completely understand like the how what to post on your social media and how people perceive you from that. Yeah. So there's there's a definitely an evolutionary biological adaptation that that you know cues in there but but a lot of it just gets in the way of you actually just having
1: right that's true a good conversation with someone
0: you know and so that's the thing that people have to fight with like that's the struggle that little tug of war that's happening and so alcohol just seems to like drop that rope,
1: right? As long as it's not too much alcohol, I'm okay with someone who's like had a drink.
0: Yeah, or two. yeah, yeah. But yeah. some
1: people will just like fall over at you.
0: And oh like, no, that's
1: not fun. And you're like, oh. yeah, that's just not uh, <laughs> flattering at all. Uh,
0: yeah. Uh, yeah. There's <laughs> there's these fascinating diagrams in the book that one show that we feel sexier when we've had a couple of drinks and they have these diagrams of like humans that have had like one glass of wine, two glass of wine, three glasses of wine. And you see their, their whole expression change.
1: Interesting, You know?
0: So it's like, first they come in and it's not like they're ugly or anything, but they're just like normal baseline them, I suppose. And then like, as they have one, there's just like sort of, they start to smirk a little bit more And then they have two and then they're like their head is cocked to the side (laughs) and their hair is falling on the side. And they're just like a bit more endearing. You can just sense this. And so we feel sexier and we sort of. And so because we feel it sort of like a fake it till you make it kind of thing. Right. Because you feel it, you exhibit it a bit more. So then you exhibit a bit more confidence so you seem sexier to other people right. as well, like more attractive.
1: Again, to an extent. Like. Yeah, to an
0: extent. Right. There is a there's like a sweet spot. And then after right. that, it does start that to, makes sense. Yeah. to curb and get kind of fucking
1: Yeah. Crazy. Unfortunately, a lot of 22-year-olds get to that point. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah. People don't. Yeah, you got to learn like where that spot right. but is. But that makes
1: sense. Yeah. I would love to. Remind me that book when we're done. With us because I would definitely let him read it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I might just give it to you.
1: Oh, are you done with it? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm not a quick reader. It would take me a while.
0: You don't have to give it back to me. Oh, I'll give it back to you. Okay. Or that because we're friends now.
1: We're friends so now. I'll see you again. Let's go. Yes.
0: <laughs> um. So yeah. So yeah. I'll, yeah. I'll definitely give it to you. Sweet.
1: Um, Thank you.
0: <clears throat> yeah. So that's a that's a very very fascinating thing. There, I was telling my friend Mikey again that there's this place in the Google headquarters maybe it's not everyone but I didn't know that coders would see themselves as creatives I, I, I guess I for some reason that didn't click to me as soon as that perspective was offered to me I'm like oh that makes all the sense in the world right
1: I guess I've never thought about it but yeah it makes sense
0: yeah like you I, you think like corporate you know, fucking khakis all pulled up in glasses and <laughs> nerves, like Ugh. but like that's not life. Right. But like coders are all sorts of people. Right. And they have this thing called the whiskey room at the Google headquarters. The this is a real room. thing. You can Google this. That's um, crazy. And it's a place where they can go. I kid you not, I promise look this up afterwards. Where They hook themselves up to liquid IVs Mm -hmm. that are pure ethanol, which is like the the component in alcohol that gets you drunk. And it's just a very, very slow drip into your bloodstream that allows them to get to what they've found is this very, very particular sweet spot of blood alcohol content that. Opens the mind and allows you to become your more creative, childlike self. That
1: is so interesting. Without
0: becoming too drunk. Right. And then they'll go in there and they'll start having conversations about coding and about other things. And they'll start coming up with all these different ideas that they were like... There was such a mental block before we would have never gotten here. We could have hunkered down and all sat in front of computers and typed a bunch of stuff out and just and right. we would have never gotten here. But it's this looseness
1: that is so interesting that like that
0: allows us to play with ideas in a way that like right. we're, we're too rigid about now as right. adults. But kids. right? Like they're just coming up with all sorts of ideas Their and imagination stuff. Imagination
1: like is like they can crazy. look at a
0: very crude picture. And tell you 20 things that that picture represents to them. But if you give that same picture to an adult, they're going to be like, they're going to give you three, maybe. But a child can just turn it upside down. They can turn their head around. They're going to be like, oh, maybe it's this. maybe it's a fish coming out of the sky. Maybe it's the sun coming out of the ocean. Maybe it's a, <laughs> yeah. they're, like, they'll just come up with a million different things. It's just the way their mind works.
1: Right.
0: So it's a... Very fascinating tool, alcohol, that people have used right. to, like, get into these different zones. And, uh, like I said, other intoxicants as well. Um, but, yeah, I, yeah alcohol is, is not going anywhere. And the book, by by itself, was also a sort of love letter to alcohol, in a sense. It really? Was, it definitely spoke about the downsides. Okay. You, like, you got to bring those up. Right. You know, um.
1: Right. You can't just have a book that hypes up alcohol. It
0: doesn't seem like it seems like there's like a lot of people have tried to do research on any health benefits because you hear people say like, oh, you know, a glass or two of red wine a day is like good for the heart. Like you've heard these myths uh, and it seems to be kind of a myth. Like no one like really knows that like you can kind of try to look at research and people say. Some helps, but then it's other people are like, no, the best amount of alcohol to have is zero, zero. Like that that's the healthiest route you can take. Um, But. Yeah, it just seems like, you know, creativity and just the, the alleviation, it, it seems that our ecological niche, they, they call it in the book is so niche it's like no other animals live like just like humans right and innovate like us and 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 pack houses and apartments on top of each other the way that we do and it's like so for what we've created it would seem like a very bad idea to take alcohol away um and this happened in 2020, there was, like, one state that tried. I think it was Philadelphia or something. There was one state that was having conversations. Okay. Yeah, like one of the like states in the United States. Yeah, Pensil- I'm sorry, Pennsylvania. Yeah. I'm an idiot. Um you'll you'll learn that about it. No, me. I was like,
1: did you mean city or did yes. you mean state? No,
0: I definitely meant state. Okay, okay. So Pennsylvania, oh, so I still have these all these minerals in my pocket, this turmeric and stuff I never took. <laughs> sometimes I just carry sometimes. Oh, I'm, just, all your pills. I'm just I'm just carrying around I'm in such an old person. I just pulled six five pills out of I got fish <laughs> oil, magnesium. C, D, and turmeric here. Let me take these. Um, (laughs) They tried. They were having conversations of banning alcohol when the quarantine hit. That's crazy. That shit was immediately overturned because could you? Yeah. Why would that?
1: That doesn't make sense.
0: Could you? Because they were at that point in time, they were trying to figure out what an essential worker truly was. Like, what is an essential worker? Because that because. They were trying to shut everything down, do a hard stop, everyone go home. Like, we have to contain the virus, right? Like, that was the idea, contain the virus. But we still need certain things to run. Like, we need people to get groceries. We need people to get toilet paper. Like, whatever the case is, like, people need certain things. So we have to make a category of essential workers. Like, okay, well, what's essential? Then you start going down the list of, like, what people need. And you're like, okay, well, I guess we... Still need, like, delivery drivers. We still need grocery store attendants. We still need, right? So you start going down that list. Right. And I guess when, when they got the alcohol, Pennsylvania was like, ah, we don't, like, y'all don't have to be at the ABC store or at the local Total Wine. Like, we don't need that. Okay. And then they very quickly figured out that they did because people were clearly up in arms. And I'm certain that they may have literally had arms and they were like, if you guys think that in America you're gonna close down alcohol stores, yeah, we're gonna show you just how much that's not gonna happen.
1: Were they still allowing like beer to be sold at grocery stores and stuff? Because you know they have like wine and beer at grocery stores, but they don't have liquor.
0: Yeah, there's certain places like that. So they were right? still
1: allowing that. They weren't banning banning alcohol. No, they, they no. Kinda, they like, they
0: probably down, they probably were. They probably were trying to just, like, take that away. But, yeah, that wasn't, like I said, that wasn't going to fly. And in
1: that case, my, you know, Tarbenders would be a real speakeasy. That
0: would be crazy. Yeah, <laughs> right, crazy. It would, there's, yeah, there's no way that that would, people would absolutely go crazy. That was really right. cool, though, Tarbenders, what they were doing in the holiday season. The reason we got in, I don't know if you remembered, uh the only reason we went there that night, and so I guess, therefore, the only reason I know you and we're doing this now is because her and I decided to do an escape room. We love escape rooms.
1: I think you told me about the I escape room. I told you
0: about that. It was yes. it was a spooky escape room. That shit was yeah, so yeah, yeah. hard. That sounded so fun. <laughs> it was so difficult. We not only did we have to use all the clues, but she just had to keep giving us clues. There was no way we were gonna get through that without any clue. And we didn't finish it. It was a lot of fun though. Like they did a really good job. It was very intricate there was a scare me version of it which we definitely opted for we were like yes scare us please i would please.
1: definitely too but oh my god and they yeah
0: they had like these little buttons or things they would move from like the other room that they were in and they 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 definitely got you like they'd scare you, if you like, like a little jump scare every now and then
1: we scream like, cuz it's dark so in there and,
0: yeah it's just like you know, there's just like glowing things for you to make your way around, but it's pretty dark in there. You know, it's it's, it's yeah. Did it you have was, a flashlight?
1: Like they this?
0: did give you a flash. They were like, I think there was one flat, like small flashlight in there. And there were a couple small lanterns. Okay. Yeah. So it was really, Spooky. really, it was really cool. But the deal was you can purchase this, this version of this escape room. And then with that, gives you a token that allows you to go down the street to this bar.
1: Right. The little uh, puzzle pieces. Yeah, it was a puzzle You were puzzle the only piece. person who gave me one of those that night. <laughs> and I went up. I was, I don't know if you remember, I was looking for Spencer for like half an hour. I was like, Spencer's the only one who knows what to do with these. Spencer's the only one my boss didn't know.
0: Like, no, because when we knew. walked in there and I tried to give it to the host, you know, just to make sure we were in the right place and everything was what it was. She was like, I don't know what this is. This isn't this isn't that place
1: wherever you're at. But like, are you yeah, sure? Was. We also had like little signs uh, about that oh, okay. in Tarbenders. So okay. I don't know why nobody knew about it because it like I, guess enough back, people I remember pa- the posters.
0: I guess enough people just weren't participating. Yeah. And maybe we were only like one of th- three people that did this escape room. I don't know. It was fun. I don't know why more people didn't do it. I wish I did it. The escape room, that, that place is fun. We think we've only done two now. We need to go back and do some others. But either way, yeah, they gave us a little puzzle piece thing that's supposed to take care saying. of like an appetizer and a drink or two. Right. And then we, we popped over and did that. But that was so much fun. Love the escape room.
1: Yeah, that sounds cool. I've done one escape room, but it was back in Blacksburg and I don't remember much of it. Oh, so. uh, really? Yeah. I mean, I remember it being fun. I also am very easily startled, so it wasn't like a Halloween one, but I screamed a few times. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. They uh I've done some. One was a finding Nemo themed one that was really really fun. Forget I'm sure it was where we did that in. It was I'll tell you what wasn't lighthearted. The fact that we were not close to getting out and when we left the woman said, "Don't worry about it." Really, only kids get out of here. (laughs) Oh, no. Adults never get out.
1: That's crazy because they probably could do that. They probably could find, like, you know, what kids pay attention to more. And, like, specifically Garrett, that would be crazy. Did she mean that or was she just being mean? No, no,
0: she was being serious. That's cool. It's it's because the the kids go in and, yeah, it's like their mind isn't so rigidly structured. So they're just seeing things very vastly different than we are, and they just—that's
1: so interesting. Yeah,
0: and they just see Is that things in the they, same place. Uh, that one was in Fairfax, okay. I believe, I believe that one was in. Yes, it was. Yeah, I've been, I've done some, I've done some down in Virginia Beach. I've done some. Big escape in, room guy. And yeah, I've done some down. <laughs> yeah. in, I, I was a big fan growing up of Sherlock Holmes. OK, the detective, the, the, the you know, masterful genius detective. And so my aunt bought me all the original books by Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. <laughs> and I read all those books that were written in like the in 18th century or something like that. Maybe, you know maybe 19th. I forgot when he wrote those things, but they're very old books. And then I read all the new ones and watched all the new movies and with Robert Downey Jr. In the BBC series that has Benedict Cumberbatch playing Sherlock Holmes. I got, I love Sherlock Holmes. So when I nice. found out that there was a place that you could go, that was just a, a, a puzzle and you just had to sit in there and just detect things and figure things that out. Cool. And to do, I was like, Oh my gosh, like I got to do this. That's like my, it's like the only character so that I have ever that was like a like a beacon, like, oh my
1: gosh. Yeah. Sherlock
0: Holmes, he's so cool, he's so smart. He can see all of the things that other people can't see right. that are right in front of them. I think
1: I read like one drama or whoa, <laughs> I was about to say I le- I used to read Drama Stilton a lot. Um,
0: who? Drama Stilton?
1: It was like this little mouse, like oh, that's detective. So that's just what it made me think of. That's so um, funny. he was like
0: I think I he remember. Like maybe that. A
1: rat. He was like a journalist and I guess he always got into things. I can't quite remember, but all the words, like if it said, if there was the word cheese written in it, it was like in a font that looked like cheese. Uh, it was, it was very kid friendly. I, I anyway, that's why I thought, that. think of it, That I did read one Sherlock Holmes is what I meant to say yeah. book. And I remember really liking it. I just never read. I was not Do a you reader.
0: remember which one it was by any chance? No. No
1: shot. It was like long ago, uh, elementary school.
0: I didn't read when I was younger. Well, I read some when I was younger, but I didn't like to. It was because I had I've to do really it. I've never really
1: liked to... Yeah, never. I think I went from middle school reading Diary of a Wimpy Kid to... This year, 2023, without finishing a single book. Yeah. It was like...
0: I mean, do you even want me to get... I don't want to force you to read it. No,
1: because I started to read this summer, and I liked it.
0: Okay. What were you reading that, that I I read
1: <laughs> So I read... Um, what was it? It was... I had to read... A book for work it was some like self-help kind of okay or like motivational yeah what was it like the ideal schedules ideal life whatever okay. and it was like i don't know it was just all about motivation and then my boss was like obsessed with david goggins and so i read that book because i was like oh that could be interesting and the, it was like a fun read one
0: or this uh what was it called the david goggins was it the mikey again he's now obsessed he's he's Doing David Goggins like things now, so because, was my boss because that's what happens when you read and listen to David Goggins. You, it's, get, you get it's pumped. infectious. Yeah,
1: so it was um can't hurt me. I think it's what it was called. Oh okay, God, I believe I didn't that's know there the were first, multiple.
0: I believe that's the first one.
1: Yeah, so that was a good book, and then I read the one for work. That was a good book, and so I'm starting to like reading, and I want to start reading where I just don't have any books at my house to read, so that's perfect. So you don't you're not forcing it upon me. I promise. <laughs> one
0: of my friends wants to put together. <laughs> A book club? Is that what you're about to say? (laughs) No, No, that would make so much more sense. (laughs) He wants to put together an aesthetically pleasing book shelf or book library in his home. Okay. One in which he will never read any of the books. That is not the case. He doesn't want to read one of them.
1: Oh.
0: He wants to purchase aesthetically pleasing books so that people come into the house and say, Ooh, that's a nice, no, he doesn't even want to do that. He's going to be very honest and say, Oh no, I don't read these, but it looks nice. Doesn't it? <laughs> it looks nice over there, that. doesn't it? Like all the different colors and the different textures of the book and all that sort of right, stuff. Okay. Yeah, that's what he. Okay, doing. it's an, an aesthetic. That's I mean, simple. teach his yeah. own. Yeah. yeah, that's what I was. That's what I was thinking.
1: I'm sure I'd walk into that house and be like, "Wow, what a oh. nice bookshelf!"
0: And then maybe you go to it and you start picking some stuff up and you right. say, "Hey, can I get this book? Or can I? Oh, maybe I'll order this book myself, and so other people can grasp some inspiration right. from it." And maybe at some point in time, he'll pick up one of these books. It seems to be really difficult for him. He tries to, like, coach himself into, like, he's trying to create these mantras, just, like, pick up a book, pick up a book. Like, come on, like, read a page. Just read one page of a book. Come on. (laughs) on. Like, he's really trying to coax himself into being that person. Right. I'm like, listen, man, it's all right. Like, you don't, if you don't like books for whatever reason, or you haven't found your genre, you haven't found something that truly interests you, I think that that's a lot of what it is. When I did terribly in school, so you did great coming up through grade school and then terribly in in university. You said, I or you, or you at least didn't care.
1: I was a C's get degrees kind of gal. C's
0: get degrees. Yes. Yeah, so what did you study in university? Then?
1: Real estate. Oh. Okay. So it was also very like during COVID, especially when we were online and stuff, I was like, well, why am I doing this? I don't need a degree to be in real estate. So I was kind of like, I almost dropped out and then I decided not to. I was like, well, I'm happy that I'm here. So as long as I pass my exams, I'm proud of myself. So I would just skip class, go skateboarding, go snowboarding. Every Friday, I went snowboarding, go bowling, go whatever. I just did all the little hobbies. I learned how to golf. I learned, I tried to get back into running and yeah. So I, I just developed a bunch of hobbies. So I don't, I don't regret that. But, yeah, I definitely was not as very grades-oriented.
0: And I love this love for life and just doing things that you have. I have a lot of hobbies. Yeah, like how you find it in so many different things. Right. That's so great for you. Thank you. That's awesome. you. You can do because you have so many different outlets. Like there's so many different things things you could do. do. So many options. There's
1: too much to do. I can't do it all. I want to do everything. Mm. Yeah, I definitely have that. Like if somebody says, you know, oh, I – you know, race cars. I'm like, oh, my God, wait, can I race a car? Mm. One of my dad's friends races vintage cars, and he's invited me wow. out a couple times, and I've really wanted to go. And I'm like, that could be a new hobby of mine. Wow. It'd be an expensive one, so I can't do it now.
0: I but wonder I have to be rich. what the feeling of being inside of a car is.
1: <laughs> Just, <laughs> it, no, literally. <laughs> that's going to be crazy. And up, I could be, I I could do racing? it. racing? I mean, they're like... I don't know if they're they're not like NASCAR cars. These vintage cars, yeah. they're like like those little the kinds that you would make in school. Those little like oh like you those know those old, little like, tiny ones. Model but,
0: cars that old people almost, drive. Some around. of them would be
1: like you're practically on the ground, and you have that really long body of the car, and then like the wheels are like pretty much the size of the car, oh, like tiny little cars. I like know that. What you're talking. About. Yeah. There's some bigger ones. There's some like that. Like it's not. It's not NASCAR, but it's still crazy cool, and you're yeah. like racing around this track and still going as fast as you can and everything. So I would love to do it. I've seen him do it, but I've never.
0: Those done it little those little cars that look like bobsleds, like you're just like,
1: yes. yeah, yes, those are the ones. He, how I mean, how fast was, do those go? I couldn't tell you. I remember watching it, and it was very interesting. But the course where I was watching was also very turny, so they weren't going full speed while they were trying to navigate the turns. And um, I think they go like relatively fast. I wonder how dangerous it on. is to
0: ride those cars. I don't know. Hmm.
1: I've never seen it. I mean, again, I only went to one thing, but.
0: Yeah. Wow. People do so many things.
1: There's so many fun things to do in life. So many. But wow. you know, I do have to head out semi soon. Yeah, Just absolutely.
0: So you know. No, yeah, let's go ahead. We can go ahead and wrap this up right now. Okay. I'm so happy that you came here and did this. this I has am been, too. This, this has been so much fun. Not
1: as scary as I thought.
0: See, yeah, I see. See now, but but you gain that perspective through doing the thing. I couldn't have taught it to you or told it to you enough exactly. times before, but now, just like seeing someone being murdered, you know,
1: <laughs> you, know. you know, yeah.
0: So, thank you so I much for being here. And, murder. uh, yeah, you have a story on,
1: yeah, I do actually, kind of, yeah.
0: How quick can you tell it?
1: really quick. Okay. (laughs) It's not actually that quick. Um, so it was my first time. I'd never backpacked before. I decided I wasn't a big, like, Bars person in college until like the very end so during Halloween weekend my friend and I were like ah people are kind of annoying on Halloween weekend Let's go do something so every year we would go camping or something We decided to go backpacking one year and there's these two ridgelines that run parallel to each other One has like three overlooks on it and one has no overlooks on it So we were like, oh, let's just hike up the one that like doesn't go down cross the street and go to all these other hikes oh, wow. um And it was like a 30-some mile backpacking loop that we could do in a weekend. It was gonna be fun. And we had done those three hikes individually before. So we were like, we kind of know the area, right? We go across this ridgeline. And for whatever reason, we did not think there was any possibility that we would have to turn. You know, that we were like, this trail is the triple crown trail. Mm. It wasn't called that. It was just Mm. we just were so set on it. We were like, we're never gonna-triple crown, yes. Yeah, it's like we'll never have to turn on any of these trails that we're passing, never. I don't know. It just was in our brain. We didn't do any research before we came (laughs) it, Right. And so we're hiking and we're so tired. we would never, you know, hiked with all this weight on us. We get to the end of the ridgeline and we're like, oh good, a road. Like we should be going up Tinker's Cliffs now. But we didn't know where we were. We were like, this isn't Tinker's Cliffs. Like, where are we? We had hiked 14 miles. We were exhausted because we went to class in the morning too. So we started a little bit late. It was dark out. It's like 10, 11 o'clock. And we were like, oh my God, we went four miles too far. And we're like, we don't want to go back up this mountain just to get back to the road that we were trying to be on. So we're like, we're going to go on the road to find Tinker's Cliffs just because it's flat and we are exhausted. And so a sketchy little intersection we were on, it was like pitch black every direction that we were going. There was one little street lamp where we were and there was private property that way. Don't know what was that way. We walked this way. We turned on our phones. They were on airplane mode the whole time because we were like, we can't use our phones while we're backpacking. We're just stupid, right? So we're like going on this road. We're on it for like an hour because we stopped to, you know- eat bagels and put on pants and stuff like that so we like stopped and there was like no cars that were coming by there was maybe two or three within the hour because we didn't want them to stop for us we're like oh my god anyone back here doesn't need to help us we're not lost you know we're just hiking we're just hiking on the road in the middle of the country you know that's all we're doing for sure yeah and so then eventually we're walking i see these lights like on the left side of the road i was like oh my god civilization we made it we made it out of the deep dark spooky woods right and then I realized it was a car, it wasn't a house. And I was like, okay, well, that's kind of weird. It's just people setting up a campsite because we were hiking there. Why wouldn't anyone be camping there? Uh, <laughs> stupid. But the reason I thought that was because I saw someone like pulling what I thought was an unmade tent, like dragging it through the woods, right? And I was like, oh, it's just a tent, whatever. And then we get closer, we realized that that guy's alone and that that wasn't a tent. It was just a tarped bag, right? And so we were like, okay, a little sketchy. By the time we get closer to him, he's next to his car, all the doors are open, all the seats are down. The lights are on in his car, but whatever he was dragging was way over there and we weren't paying attention to it anymore because we were paying attention to him, but it's dark. So he turns to us and he has a headlamp on and all we can see is his silhouette. I don't know if he was black or white or Asian. I don't know, you know, what his face looked like, facial hair, whatever. I don't know anything about him besides his silhouette. And he goes, hi. And I went, hello, and kept walking. And he goes, he like tilts his head off balance, like stumbles up to the side of the road. Cause he was in the woods a little bit, stumbles up to the side of the road. He goes, are you guys going for a walk? And I went, yep because I was like, for all he knows, my house is right fucking there. Like, I don't know if their house is there, but for all he knows, I want him to think my house is there. So I went, yep. Kept walking, you know, minding my own business. And then he goes, there's a lot of cars out tonight. And my friend went, yeah, we saw him. And then he was like, that was pretty much the end. We didn't look back. We kept walking. And so ultimately the rest of the story would be interesting if that hadn't happened. It was just like rain and coyotes. And like, we ended up getting picked up at 5 a.m. Like, it was, it was, it was a story, but this part's is the significant, significant part in that because I was telling my friend Zoe that later on, like a week later, two weeks later, she was like, you need to look this up. And I looked it up and there was like a dead body found in those woods within a week after that happened. So like, what did we see? I don't know. I don't know, but it was definitely like brought to life what I was saying before that like this kind of stuff happens. And I might've just seen Kayla Sumner's body bag in the woods. He just got, she just got dumped there. Isn't that crazy? I don't know if that's what I saw. It could have been a complete coincidence, but we don't know what he would have been doing there or why he would have been off balance or why he seemed so uneasy that we were there. Mm-hmm. So it's just, it could be a complete coincidence, but it could not be. Who knows?
0: Everyone be safe out there.
1: Yes. <laughs> that's the moral of the story. I got pepper sprayed that Christmas. Wee.
0: <laughs> thank you all for listening. And thank you for coming, Jesse. Peace, know. everybody. Peace. <laughs>